happy wednesday good morning everyone thank you for tuning in thank you for checking us out welcome to coffee and till it is hashtag wcw we celebrate women today and we're kicking it off with some gratitude giving thanks we have the headlines coming up for you in a little bit Here's a little Mary Mary walk it. Here's another Mary Mary for you in the morning. It's gonna be all right. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, understand that you're not meant to stay in it, but you're gonna go through it. Not preaching today, but just a little reminder. Check out the 23rd Psalm. It does say, yea, though I walk through. It doesn't say you're going to sit and stand and stay in, but you're going to go through some things. Yeah. They say no pain, no gain. And it is through our challenges and our obstacles and whatever it is that we're facing that feels a little bit uncomfortable. Those are the things, those are the moments that are going to shape us. Help us to have mental fortitude, resilience, strength. So do not be afraid to embrace those challenges, whatever they are. Just understand they serve a purpose and you are going to get out on the other side. Nothing lasts forever, folks, as I always say, unless you want it to. When people hurt you, embrace it. You know, as I'm saying that, we always see this thing, oh, I ask God to remove my enemies, and then we get shocked at who is removed. <laughs> Best believe it. Yeah. 
Yes, folks, after the storm, there is the sun. Starting our mornings off with a little praise and worship. That's how we're going to be doing it going forward. Gotta give gratitude, gotta give thanks. Guess what, folks? We got two gifts today. We got to open our eyes. Today is a present. Let us live in the moment. Don't worry about yesterday. It is gone. We can't do anything about that. Don't focus too much on the far future. We ain't there yet. Let us focus on the now and what we can do. Learn to enjoy life as well. Savor the moments. Appreciate those around you. Genuine people are few and far between. Ten minutes after the top of the hour, coming up, we have the headlines, what we're going to be talking about from around the world. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today. So we're playing songs by women. Sung by women, produced by women. It's all about the women. Gonna squeeze in one more. There is Kara Share you don't know.
when the doctor said that it was It is a quarter past the top of the hour. It's time for me to let you know what's going on around the world. Thank you so much for this one, Kira Shared. Thanks for the reminder. You just don't know. A couple more seconds. I'm going to let it run now. Folks, time for the headlines. Oops, headlines, headlines. <laughs> One cup of coffee, then I'll go. Good morning to all of our listeners around the world. Thank you for logging on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. Of course, I gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, April 19. Hashtag WCW, we celebrate women. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee Into World News on the Go. 
We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. And the mean everything is am I. If it is your first time tuning in online to QMZ Radio and Jano Radio, thank you so much. And here's what we have going on for you today out of the Caribbean corner. Bahamas Deputy Prime Minister calls rape allegations against MP serious. Also, government MP expresses support for criminalization of marital rape. Out of Barbados, Reggae Festival returns after four years. Swanky International hosting pre-carnival event at Cayman Cabana in St. Lucia. The Frenchman is among 21 who have been arrested for firearms, ammo, and drugs. Uh, crime in the Caribbean. Jamaican Prime Minister calls for reformation of laws. Jamaica urges region to utilize restorative justice to deal with crime. Teen among four charged with lottery scamming. Auditor General, Permanent Secretary in Health Ministry, clash at a PAC meeting. Tourism added, well, tourism recovery added $51 billion to Jamaica's GDP in 2022. On the international scene, a Chinese acrobat falls to her death during mid-air performance with husband. Swiss charge ex-Gambian minister with crimes against humanity. In stories out of North America, four are killed in a main home and three others are wounded in a linked highway shooting. A parking garage collapses in NYC, killing one, five injured south florida is expecting more pain at the pump as gas stations continue to struggle after his after historic flooding ralph yarl is shedding buckets of tears why, why are you crying boo why are you crying you 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 stood up over that boy and you wanted to shoot him again why are you crying anyway me get it back together trump says if elected he will force federal workers to pass a political test and fire them if they fail oklahoma governor calls on officials to resign over recording of racist and threatening remarks shanquella robinson's family is looking to file a lawsuit after u.s law enforcement announced that they would not be pursuing charges for her death and hear what the adult adultification get my tongue unwrapped adultification of black children is in america in business and tech news the owner of insider and politico tells journalists ai is coming for your jobs ah whoa 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 all right um yeah Got to get ready for that. In sports news, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher claims flight attendant made his pregnant wife clean up after their child, fueling heated Twitter debate. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Um, Marcus Houston speaks on women his age, says they often come with baggage and children. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, hold my tongue this morning keep it together let's keep it together we're gonna try to keep it classy don't want to cuss nobody out we just had praise and worship <sighs> spirit be with me we're 
we're gonna have the details of these stories and of course great conversation coming up here's a little keisha cole to get us going all right heaven sent sent from heaven one of my favorites from her you can wait your whole life wondering Wondering when it's gonna come or where it's been May have got your heart broken a few times in the past Never last Don't mind my croaking Don't be afraid to sing at the top of your voice if you're in the office, though, you got to do that in your mind. Sent from heaven. Sent from heaven. Now you can wait your whole life wondering when it's going to come or where it's been. May have got your heart broken a few times in the past. Never last strong as it used to It don't feel as good as it used to Before and all the things you used to say Things you used to do Went right out the door Ooh, no more will you be the one That's what you tell everyone around you But you know they've heard it all before What more can you say? When love won't let you walk away Just you can't help There's a piece of me who leaves when you're gone because you're sent from heaven. I wanna be the one who you believe in your heart is sent from heaven. And there's a piece of me who leaves when you're gone because you're sent from heaven. Now you can wait your whole life trying to change what they feel from what's been. You may have put your whole life into a man loving what you thought it could have been. I don't notice when you change and you don't feel as good as you used to before. And everything you used to say, everything you used to do, went right out the door. Ooh, no more will you be the one. That's what you tell everyone around you. But you know they've heard it all before. One Tiffany Evans singing I'm Grown. I haven't heard this one in a long time. This is way, way back, way back. Happy Wednesday, everyone. So I'm so cold, could have been more 
tryna block me But used to playing them games I thought you'd be Up in my league, but no, you can't compete Back up, don't touch, gotta give me 50 feet Cause I'm on another level I'm bringing things to life like I'm Geppetto This is the last time that I'm gonna tell you I'm doing it big now, you want a piece, let it go Here's a little Ashanti for us. Let's not be foolish. in one more here's alicia keys like you'll never see me again two minutes before the bottom of the hour
Thank you to everyone logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QNZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Thank you so much. Appreciate each and every one of you. It is the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're going to kick it off in the Caribbean corner. And we head on over to Bahamas for our first story. Deputy Prime Minister calls rape allegations against MP serious. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Deputy Prime Minister Chester Cooper expressed his confidence in the Royal Bahamas Police Force to investigate criminal matters without bias, as he commented on claims that a member of parliament sexually assaulted a woman earlier this month. Cooper told reporters that the claims made against his progressive Liberal Party colleague were some very serious allegations. I'm certain, he said, that the police will investigate aggressively. We believe in the rule of law and we are confident that due process will prevail and that the police will do their jobs. The unnamed MP was accused of sexually assaulting the woman at her home on April 4th. The woman, who shared a two-year relationship with the politician, told local publication The Tribune that it was not the first time that he had abused her. The relationship, she said, has been pretty good, but it's always been verbally abusive. The physical didn't start until September or October of last year, when there were two incidents where he choked me until I passed out. There was another incident where he poked me in the eye, which he said was an accident. She told the newspaper that the MP barged into her home on the night of the sexual assault. He forced me into my room, ripped off my jeans and underwear and forced himself on me before leaving my residence. He said that he came to kill us, but not enough of the family was in the yard. The woman who is now faring for her life accused police of dragging their feet in the matter. Why would you be surprised that they would drag their feet? Isn't that the norm, though, if someone who is high profile is accused of anything? Um, we tend to think, oh, my gosh, it's impossible. Oh, that could never be. And we want to tiptoe around the issue. They are no different from ordinary citizens. You know, is it a serious allegation? Yes, it is. And we definitely want a thorough investigation done. No one is above the law. No one should be made to feel that they are above the law either. We're still in the Bahamas. I remember some time ago we had this conversation. Well, government MP expresses support for criminalization of marital rape. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. When amendments to the Sexual Offenses Act are brought to the Bahamian House of Assembly to criminalize marital rape, it will have the support of Minister of Works Alfred Sayers. 
Sayers gave the commitment while speaking with reporters at the Prime Minister's office. When the debate becomes, well, when the debate comes before Parliament, I can state as the Member of Parliament for Port Charlotte that I support the criminalization of rape in any circumstance, he said. The minister was pressed to give further comment as some parliamentarians have been mixed in their response to amending the law to protect women from being sexually abused in their marriage. Consultations on the amendments are currently taking place and it has split opinions from members of the public, particularly among religious believers who, <laughs> or religious leaders who believe that rape cannot occur between a husband and a wife. Step down from your post. That's all I'm going to say on that, if you're a religious leader. On August 2022, um, a court case, further light was shed on the prevalence of marital rape when a woman claimed she was sexually abused by her now ex-husband during divorce proceedings. Justice Denise Lewis Johnson of the Bahamian Supreme Court said in her judgment the man's alleged actions could not be considered rape. The court accepts that rape is a most heinous act of cruelty and a malicious violation of a person, she said. However, on a strict readings of laws of the Bahamas, there is no rape in marriage pursuant to Section 3 of the Sexual Offenses Act. The law does not allow for one spouse to rape the other. In this place, we interpret existing laws and apply them. We cannot and must not succumb to the temptation to reform law laws. Mm. <laughs> hey, woo! All I'm going to say is this. If I'm in the Bahamas, if, I'm, if I were a resident of the Bahamas and my husband were to rape me, <laughs> pray for him. Pray Good morning. Me. Good morning, Java. Why I can't believe in 2023. Is that where we are right yeah, now? Yeah, supposed to it, be. I don't even know it, anymore. It, I can't believe that that mindset is still being challenged. That's all I got to say. That's <laughs> really all I have to say. How dare any man, husband or not, think that he can get away with raping me and to feel that the courts are going to uphold and say that in marriage there is no rape? So I can't tell you no? Huh? Is that what it is, Javet? I can't tell you no? I, um... Ooh, I'm going to stay in my calmness. I'm just going to stay in my calmness from my meditation this morning because every morning we come into this room and children are being challenged. Women are being challenged. And I don't even know what to say some mornings. I really don't. They need to amend the law to protect women in marriages because, yes, many women in marriages around the world are sexually abused by their husbands. I mean, I want no man can tell me say. It's not rape if you're married. I don't want no man look for me and tell me say if I'm married as my husband asked me supposed to give it up. <laughs> 
have yourself a back seat and sit your ass down because I'm not going to entertain that. I have a right. I'm not your property. I'm a human being. I have choices. And I'm not, if I had a daughter, I would never raise her to say, let your husband, to feel that her husband can do as he pleases with her. I sure as heck wasn't raised that way. Probably that's why I see the world that way. I wish a man would. Pick one. You want to earn or you want a casket? Pick, pick one. <laughs> breathe moments. Breathe. <laughs> Just tell me which one you want and then we'll take it from there. Because only one of us coming out alive and it sure ain't gonna be you. It will be me. The urn sounds good because, yeah, let me, ooh, let me be quiet. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Pick one. Right? Probably you will need to earn indeed when I'm done with your behind. <laughs> ain't nobody gonna be able to identify you. The nerve. Alleges allegedly, let's just say that to the world. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, Todd, please review that. Um, Bahamas and any other Caribbean island or any country in the world that has it on the books saying that there is no rape in marriage i implore you to have that reviewed right away and have an amendment done please and thank you because when women start um acting out but you see these laws were written by men to protect men for to allow men to do as they please Next up, um, St. Lucia. Here we go. Story, a uh, French man among 21 arrested for firearms, ammo, and drugs. Story courtesy of stlucia.loopnews.com. Police recover firearms, ammunition, and illegal drugs during an operation on Sunday. Several individuals were also taken into police custody. On Sunday, April 16, at about 5 a.m., Officers attached to the Central and Northern Divisions of the Royal St. Lucia Police Force and the Regional Security System team conducted operations in some communities. The purpose of the operation was to conduct searches at various locations after an increase in incidents of gun violence. During the conduct of that operation, three illegal firearms, ammunition and controlled drugs were recovered. A total of 10 search warrants were executed and a total of 21 individuals, inclusive of a French national, were apprehended for the offenses of possession of firearm, possession of a prohibited weapon, possession of ammunition, possession of controlled drugs and possession with intent to supply. I think it was yesterday, um, Julie had put in the chat, I don't want to misquote, but I think Julie had put in the chat that uh, St. Lucia has a population of 100,000 and they're battling crime there right now. Um, yeah, we need to crack down all across the Caribbean because it's, it's really getting out of hand. And as we have said, 
drugs aren't manufactured in the Caribbean. Well, St. Lucia's a population, according to the, has a population, um, according to the World Bank in 2021, of 179,651 people. Place is too small, really too small. Okay. Uh, so I hope they continue with their efforts and as they find them, lock them up. Yeah, that's it. Crime in the Caribbean. Jamaican Prime Minister calls for reformation of laws. Uh, this article is courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Andrew Holness, Prime Minister of Jamaica, is calling for reform of the justice system to fight crime. Speaking at the regional symposium, Violence as a Public Health Issue, the Caricom Challenge, Holness said the Caribbean's laws and jurisprudence were not designed to treat criminal threats facing the region. He said we must reform our legislation to match the growing sophistication, scale, and nature of the threat. Our jurisprudence must incorporate measures which will support enhanced security operations, which will support the use of emergency powers, and which will support preventative action to disrupt and control the space in which criminals operate before they commit the act of violence. Speaking about the illegal flow of guns into the region, Holness said in Jamaica they had seized 8,036 illegal firearms over the last decade. He said criminal organizations and gangs have been able to acquire these illegal guns with ease, even though they were not manufactured in the region. As a matter of regional security and foreign policy, we must coordinate and strengthen our efforts bilaterally with the United States and multilaterally with the UN system in an effort to control, to gain control over the illegal export of small arms and light weapons to our region. Holness said in the same way the Caribbean supported the U.S.'s war on drugs, they too must support the Caribbean's war on guns, which are killing our children. Our children are just as valuable as the children in North America. There has to be equal energy, effort, and attention paid to preventing illegal guns from coming into our countries as we paid effort, energy, and attention to, legal, to illegal drugs going to their country. In fact, the war on drugs will continue to be infected unless there is an equivalent and consummate war on guns. Holness urged regional leaders to put their money where their threats lie and increase capabilities and capacity to scan goods coming into the ports, buy offshore um, patrol vessels, and have offshore patrol surveillance. He said the region cannot depend on outside forces to do the work, as they will only report what is in their interest. Uh, Holness, have you been listening? Oh my gosh, he must have been listening to us. That's all I can say. We, we, I spoke about scanning, right? Everything needs to be scanned. But, but not only at the, the, the shipping ports, but at the airports where air freight comes in. So, okay, somebody's listening. <laughs> Go right ahead, James. Good morning. Yeah, morning, morning, everyone. Yeah, one thing I'm confused with, with, with um, Jamaica, like... The, the guns, I remember like back in the days, they used to have like a, um, once per year or every other year or whatever, where they destroy the gun, guns, mm -hmm. and they invite the media and stuff to, to film to, so peop, the public can witness it. 
I haven't seen that in, in decades. So mm-hmm. all of those guns, because the police force is, is corrupt. You know, like, we live in a corrupt country. So all of that guns that they collect, how much he said? 8,000? 8,000 plus, yeah. Yeah. Are, how, how are we sure that those are not the same guns that are... are it's like a, they're rotating them, like they, they, they lock them away and then they find their way back on the street and the same guns killing people over and over again because they, they have to be some some sort of um like what they used to do back in the day mm-hmm. like you know burn them you know call out the numbers or whatever and and show some formatting that we're getting rid of these guns because they could be coming back on the street to clean them up and, and police officers selling them to their friends and stuff like that so i think stuff like that to to get to so to kind of comfort the public a bit that they're taking crime serious mm-hmm. because I believe that these guns are going back on the street. Okay. So I, I wasn't aware that they used to have that. So that probably, if they're not doing it anymore, I, I, I like that suggestion so that we can see the destruction of these weapons. I like that. Yeah, the, they had a thing. It, it's almost like, you know, like the cremation type of thing. They they had. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember how they do, but they had this thing where they they like um, put it in some type of thing and, and it just burn and melt them down. Mm-hmm. And I think it was way back in the days. I think it was JBC at the time before TVJ CVM. Like was the last time I saw something like that. So they need to be doing that because like the, the excuse is like sometimes they hold on to the guns, but I understand like if they have to hold on to it for like two or three years. Mm-hmm. To, because they have to hold on to it for ballistic type of stuff. So, like, you know, if anybody is connected to that gun, the person that they held with the gun would be responsible for all the bodies that are connected to that gun. But once that process, three, four, five years, burn them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you for that, James. All right. So, um... Jamaica urges the region to utilize restorative justice to deal with the crime. And this is uh, Jamaica's Prime Minister, I'm sorry, Jamaica's Minister of Justice, Delroy Chuck, is urging Caribbean countries to use restorative justice, RJ, to have their citizens settle their differences instead of using abuses, assaults, and criminal violence, saying it could also make a huge dent on the level of violent crimes across the region. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Addressing the regional symposium on violence as a public health issue, Chuck, speaking on the topic Community Approaches, said RJ is and has been a remarkable outstanding success to resolve disputes, settle disagreements and de-escalate conflicts. It is these minor disputes, misguided disagreements and unresolved conflicts that in many instances escalate into brutish abuses, serious violence and can have fatal consequences. He said Jamaica started to actively collect and track data originating out of the program in 2018 and that the success rate emanating from the RJ conferences held averages over 80% annually. He said from 1,022 RJ circles in 2018 to 3,662 in 2022, more than 8 out of every 10 cases have been successfully completed, which means the parties are satisfied with the outcome and the community or the court sanctions the outcome as acceptable and agreeable. 
15 among four charged with lottery scamming. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. A 14-year-old boy is among four people who've been charged with possession of identity information following an operation carried out by the Lottery Scam Task Force, and this happened on Tuesday in Montego Bay, St. James. Charged are 21-year-old Hosea Leslie, Devacito Cumberland, 19-year-old Omarion Hall. The identity of the 14-year-old boy is being withheld. They are all of West Village in Montego Bay. Reports are that lawmen conducted two raids at a house located in the West Village area where the four males were found with lead sheets. They they are to appear before the St. James Parish Court on Wednesday, June 7. Why do they always arrest them, and then you have to wait so long to appear before the parish court judge. But as I'm reading the part that the lead sheets, right, they were found with lead sheets, I'm thinking back and I'm trying to put my hand, or I'm going to assume, I think this whole lottery scamming thing started when BPOs were set up in Jamaica. Now, it could very well have been going on prior because I do feel that people who work in call centers are providing the information. Honestly, that's my opinion. I may be wrong, but that's my assumption because where else would you be getting these people's information? Where else? I don't know. But that's my theory. And I, I, you know, you have an uptick. And the, the other thing, let me ask a question. Nobody now realize that I'm being scammed by now. This is so popular. You hear so many people warning. When anybody call, you're saying um, you win anything or hang up the phone. So we're really still getting scammed now with lottery scams? Not even lottery. The emails and everything. I got an email at work yesterday asking me to help someone transfer $34 million. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed, I laughed, I laughed. I said, really? But yes, unfortunately... People are still falling for the phone calls and the emails and even text messages now, even text messages now. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. Moments. Love scam is the biggest scam in Canada now. I think this is um, the last people lost something like $50 million last year. What the heck is love scam? (laughs) No, like um, people meet on the internet. And, uh-huh. and convince you that um, it's a relationship and, and, you know, all of a sudden, them grandmother's sick or, you know, them son dead or something like that. And you send money. $50 million. One woman, one senior got scammed out of about $3 million. One person keeps wow. sending money to, the, to this guy. Yep. Wow. Are you serious? <sighs> Geely's put in the chat. Um. They call my mother all the time. 
She wins the lottery every four business days. Thank God she knows better than to entertain them. <laughs> <laughs> she rich, rich by now, Geely. I mean, come on, let it go. Let it go. Let it go, folks. Give it up. Um, find something else to do. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, those people who are taking the bait, can you please, 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 pretty please, think, 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 think. All right, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, James. Yeah, yeah, like, um, I know this Jamaican girl in Canada that got scammed out of 100,000, and I'm like, I didn't think that could happen to a Caribbean woman, that you're looking for love, and, and this person asks you to send money. $100,000. She borrowed money from the bank, and now, like, the guy scammed her about some, some problems um, he's having and need money to do this, and she went and borrowed the money, and when she gave him the money, it just disappeared. And now she's stuck having to pay back a hundred thousand dollars every month. She's you know um, taking money out of our, our out of our pay to pay back this money to the bank. Never think that would be possible, but yep, it's crazy. Wow, <clears throat> excuse me, Th that is ridiculous. Love scam, and uh, wow, every day you learn something new. Oh, by the way, we can um, rent a private jet that can carry twenty people. You don't have to worry about going to an international airport. We can go to an executive airport, folks. Um, $1,200, that's not bad per person. It works out to 20 people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say 1200 yeah. per person yeah. to rent a plane? Yeah. To, to take us where? We, we can go to Puerto Rico. <laughs> Uh, I think I can. Mm -hmm. I think I can buy a first class ticket on a regular plane <laughs> and the hotel room. <laughs> but guess what? We don't have to deal with the long lines and TSA and all of that. You know, we just pull up to the hangar, walk on the red carpet, get in the plane, serves champagne and everything. Somebody at our beck and call. <laughs> you can tell I live in La La Land, right? I, I spent $70 to get TSA pre-check. <laughs> and American Express paid for my clear. So I can just walk up as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's the things that I think about, right? Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know what? Are you allowed to land in more than one airport? Can we island hop? Like go to five different islands? Do you have that more? Do you have more money? <laughs> no, the, the twelve should be able to do that. Then it's worth it. Oh Lord, have mercy! I can dream, right? Listen, one day, one day, one day. You know, I'd own a private jet. I would, but I would lease it out. Anything now? I'm thinking ROI, return on investment. But yeah. All right, let me get back to reality. <laughs> I'm sorry, moments. I didn't mean to squash your dreams. <laughs> I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. You know? Yeah. 
Must be nice though. Must be nice. Anyway, so next story. <laughs> Auditor General and Permanent Secretary in Health Ministry clash at a PAC meeting. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM. Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Health, Dunstan Bryan, on Tuesday challenged the Auditor General, Pamela Monroe Ellis, to outline which laws were breached following the Ministry's procurement of quarantine facilities during the COVID-19 pandemic. Both were involved in heated exchanges during Tuesday's sitting of Parliament's Public Accounts Committee. A two-year compliance audit done by the Auditor General's Department between May 2020 and June 2022 found that the Ministry lacked transparency in its handling of expenditure during the pandemic. Here is Robin Williams to tell us more. At the heart of the issue is $619 million which was used to rent hotel rooms for quarantine facilities. The audit report found that the absence of contracts with service providers prevented the health ministry from meeting its financial obligations. Those agreements were entered into by way of purchase orders. Mrs. Monroe Ellis says even so, certain tenants must be present. So if it is going to be used as a contract... The terms of agreement must be clearly stipulated to hold the supplier accountable and to protect the government. The purchase orders which I have included for the committee members to see contains absolutely nothing that would amount to a contract. In fact, the ministry used the purchase order as payment vouchers. And what we saw as well is that the payment voucher, the invoice is on the same date, and the payment is being made for hotel rooms not yet occupied, but it is stamped that goods delivered in sati um, satisfactorily. But the permanent secretary was adamant no laws were breached. What law have I breached? What guideline have I breached? The Auditor General is not at large. Her opinion or her ruminations do not bind me. The law binds me. As a matter of fact, until the Auditor General can provide in law what rule the compliance audit finding was predicated on, I have no obligation, none. Mr. Bryan conceded that funds were transferred to hoteliers before the rooms were occupied. We did not know how many rooms we would win. What we agreed on was a rate, a substantially reduced rate. What the hotels told us is that in order to start up their plant, they needed an advance because they had to turn on their air conditioning unit, they had to recall their staff, they had to do all of those things. And so they required of us, as part of their collaboration, the, the advance. He says the findings in the report lack context. This report robs the 23,000 members of the health system the benefit of understanding their role and function in protecting this country against a possible disaster. This finding is less than useful. Mrs. Monroe Ellis has a different view. If the permanent secretary is going to debate, I don't think the permanent secretary should be debating with me. The permanent secretary should be debating with the Ministry of Finance and I believe the Public Service Commission. Because all permanent secretaries have a fiduciary responsibility. I'm not going to have no quarrel with the permanent secretary here. Until the permanent secretary can provide more than an argument that these funds were spent with due regard for the proper governance system and the ministry in fact received value for money for them. That is the crux of the matter, Mr. Chairman. Robian Williams for Nationwide News. 
<laughs> is it me, Javed? I see the eyes. But is it, so it's you and I, Javed. Recently, what's up with all this lack of transparency? So much, um, not so much. <laughs> Too many. Too many. You know what? That was one debate back and forth. That's why my eyes was there. It had a lot of venom from both sides. But here's the thing. Lack of transparency. Why aren't we, we being transparent? And what is the um, reason for being on the defensive? Okay. All you have to do is explain what happened with the money. Break it down. We need an itemized... Um, bill or whatever you need to furnish furnish it end of story if you are within your right and you know that every dollar that was paid out was done so everything is above board what's the problem i don't see the problem it's taxpayers money we're talking about somebody needs to hold somebody accountable to see to it that money is not being wasted we know we know how it is already but um yeah so tourism recovery added 51 billion dollars to jamaica's gdp in 2022 that's according to ed bartlett and as i've said before he seems to be the only one who is working <laughs> let me not do that gave myself according to nationwide radio jm.com jamaicans are benefiting heavily from the record recovery experienced by the tourism sector over the last year Tourism Minister Edmund Bartlett, uh, who opened the sectoral debate on Tuesday, told fellow MPs that tourism contributed $51 billion to the GDP in 2022. During that 2022, January to December, from the Tourism Enhancement Fund collections, from the um, airport charges and the direct taxes, I haven't even included head tax yet, the travel tax. Tourism contributed a total here of 51.7 billion Jamaican dollars. Madam Speaker, the last fiscal year has seen my ministry, our public bodies, and our tourism partners continuing to build on the framework we put in place post-pandemic for a revitalized tourism product that is viable, equitable, and generates opportunities for all. Indeed, Madam Speaker, never before in the history of Jamaica has tourism made such a contribution to the Jamaican economy. Citing the long-standing concerns of the massive profits generated by the industry not reaching the average Jamaican, the tourism minister noted that farmers reaped tangible rewards over the last three months alone. Connecting small farmers directly with buyers within the industry, Madam Speaker. And we have done that to the tune of millions, hundreds of billions of dollars. We have provided 786 farmers with opportunities to sell their products to the tourism sector. And over $200 million of sales have been effected in the last three months of this year. Minister Bartlett says plans to build houses for workers in the tourism industry are well underway. Housing for tourism workers has been a very important part of that strategy to ensure that we can spread more. And so in collaboration with our partners, Madam Speaker, we are looking at 2,500 houses that are currently being built and will be completed in the next five years for workers of the tourism industry. 
That was Edmund Bartlett, Minister of Tourism. All right. He working. He may be the only <laughs> can I Can I ask a question? Yes, Javed, sure. Why it sound like everybody on stage? <laughs> That's Parliament for you. That's Parliament. Hey, let me tell you something, Javed. If you sit down and watch Jamaica Parliament, they're in the house of Parliament today. It's a, it's a big joke. Who not sleeping? And snoring, uh, and only wake up when they hear boom, boom, boom at the desk. Oh, it's theater. Yes, that's that's how I feel listening to it. Like I'm in the theater. Listen, and if it's not um, that is fight out for broke out and who better than who and who are trace who. Politics. Go ahead, James. Yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's appreciating his job and loving his job because, you know, he was in the wilderness for like 18 years when PJ was in, in office. <laughs> so I, I can respect that, you know. And yeah, he seemed to be the only one working. Like all those others that in the party from like the 70s. and, and, and From Wapikil Philip. They're, they're not doing anything but he's working he's working yeah he's we work. have to yeah. give it to him he yep. is working yeah and um we hope he gives him they give him his due he's been traveling making those connections right so i, I thank you for your hard work mr bartlett so far so good keep up the good work not not james saying you were in the wilderness all right, next story. Uh, Swanky International is hosting pre-carnival event in Cayman at the Cayman Cabana. So we have Cayman Carnival coming up in July. Put that on your calendars if you want to go. Story courtesy of cayman.loopnews.com. Swanky International, in conjunction with its partners, is hosting a pop-up event at Cayman Cabana. And that happens today this evening from 5 p.m to 8 p.m according to swanke international the pop-up event will feature costumes for the 2023 k mass carnival to be held in july some of these costumes as shown on the swanke international website are um i must say is it me or is it that the costumes are getting smaller and smaller and smaller okay um in addition to the costumes, there will be drink specials from Absolute Vodka and deals from other partners. For more information on costumes, Carnival Goers may contact Swanky International by email at costumes at swanky.ky. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No, not nobody, because if I had the body, <laughs> may Lord help y'all. Y'all will be tired of me. He, God knows what he was doing. Yeah, he sure know what he was doing. But but I'm sure you see I will have bodiless people with those costumes too. You know what, James? Nobody's bodiless. <laughs> Everybody is shaped different, right? I just know well, I well, don't have the shape what me wants. If you had the body. <laughs> <laughs> me just know if I had the body that I want, that I envision in my mind, I'd be walking around damn near naked. That's all I'm going isn't that how we were intended to be anyway when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden? We were supposed to be walking around free. But y'all did, you know, y'all sinned. 
it's, it, it's like it's like when you go on the nude beach all of the people that on the nude beach are the people that should keep their clothes you on you know what james um <laughs> me done with you me done with you james me done no, with seriously you. like like you know when you hear about nude beach hotels and you're like okay like i'm going and i'm going to see all these hot bodies and stuff like that and when you go there <laughs> but not, probably not a hot body for you but hot body for somebody else james don't do don't be body shaming nobody up in here I hope you have a perfect body. That's all I'ma say. True ambassador music. So Barbados Reggae Festival returns after four years. Story courtesy of Barbados.loopnews.com. When you're there, you're better you so no explosion And we make the commotion there. They even dance with them, watch we have emotion Tifa, we slow guard We do it first, got them soft like lotion And we have like the ocean, yeah after a four-year hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, one of Barbados's biggest festivals, the Barbados Reggae Festival, is back. This year, the festival will run for one weekend, featuring its three main events, the Q100.7 FM Vintage Reggae Show and Dance, which happens on Friday, April 28th at Kensington Oval. The Digicel Reggae on the Hill goes down on Sunday, April 30 at the Farley Hill National Park. There's also the Reggae Beach Party Bad Light 90s Dance Hall on May Day, Monday, May 1 at Artistry Beach on Bay Street. All three events will feature a star-studded cast of international and regional acts, including the likes of Grammy Award-winning Third World, Maxi Priest, Flower Gone, Fab Five, Anthony B, Spraga Benz, Alkaline, Christopher Martin, Turbulence, Joshi, Mad Cobra, Louis Culture, Byron Messia, and Sosa. Joining them will be some of Barbados's best, including Wendy Allen, Mike Grosvenor, The Right Side of Red, LRG, David Curtin, Peach Bless, and Chief Din, along with top DJs and hosts such as Little Rick, Daddy Fabian, Scott LaRock, Indian and Chris Gale, and more. Alison Hunt, director of Fast 7 Star, producers of the Barbados Reggae Festival, explained that this year's events were shaping up to be a fantastic weekend of the best of the best in reggae. She said, after four years, we are very excited to be back with the Reggae Festival. And we can't wait to welcome more regional and local acts back to our event. But most importantly, to put on three great entertainment packages for our faithful patrons who have expressed their excitement about the festival's return. The organizers have advised that holders of tickets for the Barbados Reggae Festival in 2020 were invited to return them to receive credit towards the purchase of tickets for the upcoming 2023 events. So, check that out, folks. Barbados Reggae Festival, and that gets going Friday, April 28th through Sunday, April 30th.
right, it is time for us to take a quick break. And when we return, we have stories from the international scene as well as This is America. But in the meantime, here is Ashanti singing Baby as we continue to celebrate women today. Hashtag WCW. to everyone listening on janoradio.com by now you should have already downloaded that app j-a-h-k-n-o it is available in the apple and google play stores jano radio take us on the go
big thank you to everyone logged on to the Quality Music Zone. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Here is to- LaToya, let me say it right, LaToya singing tour. Big thank you to everyone who rocking it out here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Thank you so much. There is 7th Street of featuring Chris Brown. It won't stop. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women. Every Wednesday, we do so through music. Yeah. Sundown, nobody around, that's one hell of a sin. 
Gonna squeeze in one more and then we'll get back to business. Stories from the international scene. One of my favorites from Pussycat Dolls. I'ma stick with you. whatever happened to the rest of the group the only one you see is nicole scherzinger i don't know what happened to the rest of them stick with all of you thank you so much to everyone listening online and everyone right here with me on clubhouse it's time for us to go ahead and get back to business 25 after the top of the hour that was the pussycat dolls the avant remix stick with you all right first up our first story from the international scene a chinese acrobat has fallen to her death and this happened um during an aerial skills performance sparking horror and outcry on social media over the lack of safety measures story courtesy of cnn via wsvn the woman surnamed sun fell to the stage while performing a mid-air routine on saturday with her husband in a village near a city in a central Anhui province. She was taken to hospital but died from her injuries. 
online footage of the incident showed the couple being pulled high into the air by a crane above a large outdoor stage with a woman holding on to her husband whose arms were wrapped around two pieces of fabric hanging from the crane. As they swung in midair, the woman wrapped her arms around her husband's head and hung off him during a transition act, but she lost her grip and plunged to the hard stage amid screams from the crowd. Her husband attempted to catch her with his legs but failed, and that's what the footage showed. That's so sad. Why would you be doing these kind of stunts or performances and not have proper safety measures in place i understand that nets can look a little bit of a distraction but they're necessary i see a lawsuit coming that's that's all i'm gonna say on that one uh the swiss charge ex-gambian minister with crimes against humanity story courtesy of al jazeera switzerland's attorney general has filed an indictment against the gambia's former interior minister for crimes against humanity committed on the former authoritarian leader yeah and i you know i'm not even going to try to twist my tongue up on that one uh let me just go with the last name jame uh usman sonko is accused of having supported participated in as well as failing to prevent systematic and generalized attacks as part of a repressive campaign by security forces against jame's opponents Sonko's lawyer told Reuters on Wednesday that his client disputed the charges and that some of the alleged attacks occurred before articles on crimes against humanity came into force in the Swiss criminal code. So question. So because the attacks or the acts happened prior, we should disregard them? I guess they're going according to the laws, huh? Oh, well. So I came across this um, video on TikTok where it said that President Paul Kagame banned religions and now Rwanda is the fastest growing or the fastest developing and most clean country in Africa. He's quoted as saying, I have closed down over 6,000 churches and mosques in my own country and I now demand a degree in theology for every religious leader. Stop playing with people's faith and making a business out of it. Rwanda already is a blessed country. That's according to Paul Kagame. How do we feel about that? I think that's gangster, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do I blame him? No. Because too many are operating under the disguise of being a leader, a religious leader. They themselves can't even understand what it is that they're reading in the Bible and how to relate it to everyday existence. The only thing they focus on is money. That's it. Money, money, money. Go right ahead. Think, Go ahead, Donald. Morning, morning. I think the um the article the headline of the article is misleading. He didn't ban religion. He just makes sure that you have a degree in theology if you want to practice. Mm -hmm. Like everything else, you have to be qualified to practice. I can't just go and say I'm an accountant and do people's audit. So I could just come and say I'm a pastor and open a church. 
So everybody that could read that has a Bible, is a deacon, a pastor, a minister, whatever it is, and they're always collecting money tax-free on the government back. No. Go to the proper channel, get certified, like every other business. Mm -hmm. So he didn't ban religion. A matter of fact, it's one of the most religious countries. So, <laughs> so the, the, type, the, the topic is misleading then, the headline is definitely misleading. Of course, of course it's misleading. You just said that you have to be qualified to, op to open a church, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I agree with him. People out here, especially in this country, in the U.S., where everybody want mega, mega, what you call it, these mega churches, and everybody want the mansions and the private jets and the, the luxury cars. Do all of those people have theology degrees? And if they do, and they're still practicing religion that way, you know what, let me leave it alone. I won't go down that. Because, you know, you have some um, congregation members who will go into bankruptcy because they believe so much in their religious leader. Can't pay them light bill, but they will empty out them pockets. Can't put food on them table, but they will empty out them pockets. If, if their child needs something, no, they don't have it for the child, but they have it for the religious leader, the pastor, the, whatever, the priest, whatever. Lost. And I, I, I'm saying this, many people are worshipping the people that are preaching from the pulpit and not worshipping God. Misplaced. Lost. Oh, no. Anyway. Go ahead. Go right ahead, James. Yeah, and, and I think too, it, it, it's a good thing too because like in, in, in Africa, like religious leaders get away with the most, like the amount of viral videos coming out of different countries in Africa. There's this viral, there's this video that I saw about a couple of years ago where this pastor was talking about um, sex or whatever, and like is a good thing and, and, and it was blessed by God and stuff like that. And he... he he called up one of one of the members, the lady out of the congregation, and and like showing positions and all. Oh yeah, I saw I saw that. And there's one like, of Jamaica too. Church is this? There's one yeah. of Jamaica too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. They, they need to they need to have um be, be be qualified because everybody can just get up and just open a church without any 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 thing about theology or anything like that and just open a church and just scam people. So it's a good thing. They need to put stricter measures. But I tell you something, and I think Fabian said this yesterday. If you get to find yourself in one and it's not aligned with you, get out. Because you can tell him, you, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Get out and find another one. And God bless those who are doing God's work the right way, being honest about it. But it does tell you that sheep, we call it wolf in sheep clothing. Many are called. But few, the few are chosen. Many people are going to come pretending know how to sift them out. All right. And it is time for. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Yep, this is America. Four are killed in a main home and three others are wounded in a linked highway shooting. Get used to it, folks. You're going to be hearing about shootings every day. 
All right. This is America. Story courtesy of NPR.org. And let me go ahead and apologize if you're hearing any feedback. Okay. So. Four people were fatally shot at a house in Maine on Tuesday, shortly before gunfire wounded three others on a busy highway in a pair of crimes that are linked, authorities said. Hours later, a man was charged with murder. Police closed a portion of the interstate highway and residents and businesses in the area were ordered to shelter in place for about 90 minutes before authorities determined there was no threat to the general public. The shootings are among a spate of recent mass killings that have shaken communities, both large and small, including a Christian elementary school in Nashville, Tennessee, a bank in Louisville, Kentucky, and a Sweet 16 party in a small city in Alabama. In Maine, police charged Joseph Eaton, 34, of Bowdoin, and I hope I said that right, with four counts of murder Tuesday evening, but declined to discuss a possible motive for the shootings or identify the shooting victims. Eaton was expected to appear in court later this week. The crimes began um, in rural Bowdoin, I think so. If anybody familiar with that, please, please correct me. Where the bodies were found and continued with gunfire 25 miles to the south on Interstate 295. One of the three highway victims was critically wounded, police said. Law enforcement officers, some carrying long rifles, could be seen canvassing areas near the highway after the shootings. Okay. Another day in America, folks. We're going to keep it moving. Nothing to see here. Nothing to talk about here because... It ain't going to change. It's not going to change. But is taking this approach the right way, though? Is this the right approach for us to take? Where you know what? We're not going to talk about it because they don't care. Because I think when we take that approach, we are giving them exactly what they want. They want us to stop talking about it. They're sitting down now and say, see, I told you they're going to shut up. It's going to become a way of life for them. They're just going to have to learn to deal with that. Nothing's going to happen to us. We're okay. We'll continue getting our kickbacks. We'll continue um, having the lobbyists support us, lining, you know, lining our pockets, so on and so forth. So, yeah, they'll be all right. You know, they survive if they can. You know, we're protected. We're good. But we cannot stop because we don't know when it will get to our doorstep. Our children's schools, our churches, our malls, our theaters, our clubs, our outdoor parks. We don't know. What we can't do is become complacent. Congress has been quiet. Nobody's saying anything anymore. Just another day in the hood. We cannot, folks, give them what they want. And we're going to keep saying this every day. And it's time to vote. Get out and go to your polls. Last night on um, the Rosolo show, we were talking, and Rosolo mentioned the importance for us to have more Justins. We need more young men. We're not afraid to step up. Young women. We're not afraid to step up and speak out for what is right. We need to find them. We need to support them, encourage them. 
we cannot let the gobbleneck turkeys sit down up there and think they can get away with this. They need to start having their feathers ruffled. Let them know your time is coming. It's countdown to your being ousted because we're sick of you not doing anything. We're sick of you all not listening to us. Folks, we cannot go silent. Somebody has to bring the NRA to their knees. Somebody. They are way too powerful for everybody to be just silent. That's all I'm going to say on that, and then I'm going to keep it moving. Next story, parking garage collapses in NYC, killing one person. Five people have been injured. This story, courtesy of the Associated Press, via WSVN out of Miami. In the news today, a parking garage reduced to rubble after a partial collapse. One person losing their life and several others hurt. And now we're hearing from witnesses. Everyone was scared. Everyone was scared. Everyone thought that was their last time being alive. Shock and awe when a parking garage suddenly collapses in Lower Manhattan Tuesday afternoon. One person died and five were hurt when the ground gave way. We saw that the car is sticking through from the second floor down to the first floor. People in the area initially worried where the explosion was even coming from. We heard a big boom and we thought it hit our building, so we went to check the windows. We immediately saw smoke and we went on the side and we opened the window and it was completely just collapsed. Everything was collapsed, all debris, smoke, cars were sinking. It, it looked like out of a movie and it, it was horrible. New York City's fire department responding to the scene, but the structure was so unstable, crews were pulled out and electronics were brought in. This was a, an extremely dangerous operation for our firefighters. Uh, we deployed our robot dog into the building. They were able to give us a video uh, inside, and then we were able to fly our drones inside uh, to conduct an assessment and conduct searches. Neighbors in the area now mourning the victim who lost their life. The warmest. You know, warmest guy, always knew everyone's name, gave everyone a big friendly smile, like the nicest guy. I want to show you those live pictures from New York City, that parking garage that collapsed. As I said, one person died and five others were injured. New York Mayor Eric Adams also said the building did not have any open violations or active complaints. All right. Um, that one is so unfortunate. Hopefully for those folks in here with us. And those listening online that no one you know was affected by this so unfortunate all right next up south florida expecting more pain at the pump as gas stations continue to struggle after historic flooding eight long lines continue to plague gas stations a week after historic flooding closed port everglades the record rainfall making it so fuel couldn't leave the port for days seven danielle garcia is live in miami beach with more on the fuel frustrations danielle how's it looking there this morning yeah, you know, I got to tell you guys, the early bird definitely does get the worm because five o'clock this morning, there was no line at all. Now you can see right behind me, there is definitely a line. I can hear a lot of honking, but there is some help on the way. Thankfully, those tanker truck drivers are working overtime. More fuel is on the way and it can't come soon enough for some drivers. I've been driving all day looking for gas and the only thing I found is E85 that can blow up my engine. So hopefully I get home. 
I'm about to run out of gas, only have one bar available. And to make sure those fuel trucks get to the pump safely, Florida Highway Patrol is escorting them. Went to like three gas stations and nothing, man. It's a little crazy. This is the game of chance South Florida drivers have been playing for days since historic flooding interrupted the supply chain of fuel coming out of Port Everglades. Right now I have zero miles. Yeah, of course. Like, it's like scary. It just sucks. It just sucks. Gotta get to work. The relief and stress being felt by so many as the majority of gas stations in South Florida are without and long lines growing day and night from Miami-Dade to Broward County at the few stations that do have fuel. We're waiting like 45 minutes, maybe more. And since there are many exits, you know, people are getting in and there's no respect in the line. That's not a problem at this shell in North Bay Village. Cops off the beat to help keep the peace, directing drivers to the pumps. We continue to make improvements. You see an additional terminal. Leadership at Port Everglades say every day more gas is being delivered. Eight out of the 12 fuel terminals are now operational with work to get the remaining up and running soon. They stress there is plenty to go around and no need to panic. Tankers were spotted by Seven Sky Force at the dock unloading and even more anchored off the coast waiting. The lines that we have for trucks, this is a 24-7 operation. They're not shutting down until they get back to capacity. And so over the next two days, the Florida Division of Emergency Management is directing an additional 500,000 gallons of gas to be distributed to all of these South Florida gas stations. So hopefully none of them will be running out of gas anytime soon. And if they do, there will be help coming soon. For now, I'm reporting live in Miami Beach, Danielle Garcia today in Florida. So what is interesting to note um, was brought to my attention yesterday. Uh, thank you, Marlon. We haven't heard anything from Ron DeSantis about the flooding in South Florida. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. So besides the exotic car dealership that was flooded out, the majority of the neighborhoods that were affected are low-income neighborhoods. So that explains it. Um... I hope he knows he needs Florida if he intends to get into the White House. He is going to need Florida. And I hope he knows that people are paying attention to how they have been treated. That's all I must say. Thank you, DeSantis, for paying attention. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't have we heard anything from any government official? No. Nothing. That's how they treat South Florida. We appreciate y'all too. Oklahoma governor calls on officials to resign over recording of racist and threatening remarks. Oh, this one has been all over social media yesterday. Uh, go ahead and take a listen. 736 in the news today, an update to a story we told you about yesterday. The Oklahoma governor and a mayor now calling for the resignations of four county officials. This after they were allegedly caught on a hot mic making racist remarks and threats toward journalists. The recordings were captured by a reporter after a county commission meeting last month. It was complete shock. Uh, couldn't believe it. Yeah, I've been taking it seriously. Well, he also believes the officials were upset because of past stories written about them. The officials claim the recording was altered and wrongfully obtained. <laughs> 
altered my ass. Did y'all hear the recording? Let me see if I can find it back. It's on TikTok. Oh, you know, I love TikTok. Folks. I was going to say, I know. Please play it. Um, I have to find it back. I reposted. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to find it. But the things that were being said, oh my, oh my. Um, yeah. Ah, Sonnet. You know something? Truth is, I don't mind them saying what they have to say. Let us know exactly who you are. We appreciate knowing who you are. You know, why should everyone stay quiet? Don't knock them. Let them do their thing. Let them. Okay, bear with me one moment here. Okay, I'm going to have to dumpster dive for it because sometimes I'd be moving so fast. I forget to save certain things and it looks as though I did not save that one. But um, I will find it. But yeah. No worries. I can, I can search too. Um, yeah. Is it Oklahoma you said? Uh, yes. The governor of Oklahoma is calling for four McCurtain County officials to resign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm sorry. I'm loving it. But in the meantime, while Sonette looks for it for me, I'm going to go to the next one. So Ralph Yarl is shedding buckets of tears. Shoot her in custody. <laughs> Listen to this one. And whoa, are whoa, whoa, in the whoa. okay hold Ralph on Yar is a child you got it ralph is the child no ralph is the old man no 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 ralph is a child oh i'm sorry i got it wrong yes. oh my gosh yes. my bad yeah he ought to be i thought it was the old man that was crying buckets no, of no. tears because i was gonna be like what the heck he crying for no 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 oh. Ralph is a child <laughs> Whew, thank you jesus <laughs> i tell you my eyes be going way ahead of me sometimes thank you so much Sonette. but all right so let me go ahead and play this one in the meantime who mistakenly went to the wrong house to pick up his younger brothers the elderly homeowner was charged yesterday and today he turned himself in sevens joe Rotes is following this he's at the sat center joe well craig that shooter has been identified as 84 year old andrew lester he faces two felony charges one of them being assault if convicted prosecutors say lester could spend the rest of his life in prison the defendant, Andrew D. Lester, is charged with the Class A felony of assault in the first degree. The defendant is charged with armed criminal action. Two felony counts filed against 84-year-old Andrew Lester after he shot and seriously injured a black teenager in Kansas City, Missouri. This, according to police. I can tell you there was a racial component to the case. The shooting happening last week as 16-year-old Ralph Yarl went to pick up his younger siblings. The teen got the address he was given confused and rang the doorbell at 115th Street instead of 115th Terrace. One block difference with major consequences. It still, even today, is complete shock that anybody would do that. In an interview with Investigators Friday, Jarl says he waited for Lester to open the door, only to be greeted by the elderly man with a gun. The fact that you open the door and then shoot the person on the other side, and it's a kid. Jarl was shot twice, with bullets striking him in the left forehead and right arm. According to a probable cause statement, Lester told investigators he was scared to death by Jarl's size and his inability to defend himself at age 84. A claim that the teen's family finds hard to believe. I doubt Ralph is even 170 pounds. Ralph is not even six feet. Like, Ralph, when you see Ralph, 
in all of the pictures that you have seen on social media and everywhere else, I don't see how you see fear. Tuesday, the team's classmates held a unity walk in show of support for Ralph Yarl, demanding that Lester be held accountable. The mayor of Kansas City also echoing that belief. The 16-year-old should not have been shot in the head and then shot once more. That's the reason for the outrage. Andrew Lester has since bonded out of jail. As for the 16-year-old, Ralph Yarl, he's been released from the hospital but faces a long road to recovery, according to his family. We're live in the Satellite Center. Joe Rotes, 7 News. All right, so I found the TikTok video. I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up here. Bear with me. I had to be searching for it on another device, so I got it. I'm going to go on TikTok. From Alibaba. Uh, no, we don't want to hear about Alibaba. Let me find it. Um, I only yeah. found it in print. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't have that audio. But, or I might, but I didn't hit it. Okay, let me um, pull this one up. Oh, how you do? Um, the... Scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, what? So the headline, Oklahoma County leaders caught on audio talking about killing reporters complaining they can no longer lynch black people. Well, when I heard the audio, I was like, what? in the name of heck is going on hold on one second let's see if i can okay i think i got it now let's go the resignation of several local officials following an audio recording of them allegedly reminiscing about lynching among other hateful conversations according to the mccurtain gazette news a reporter left his tape recorder behind after a local meeting when he suspected officials were discussing county business after the public had left. NBC News has not verified the audio, nor have we received comment from those allegedly involved. But in the clips, it appears the officials were talking about plans to beat, kill and hide the bodies of that same local reporter and his father, making barbecue jokes about a local woman who died in a recent house fire and complaining that they could no longer lynch black people. A warning that what you're about to hear is both disturbing and offensive. Realize, like your job, I heard, I heard the other day, said, I heard two to 12 people go to the sheriff. I said, let's get 20. They don't have a clue what they're getting into. Oh, it, yeah. Not just the same It's a, but, but everybody. I'm going to tell you something. If it was back in the day, would they, like, when I would take a damn blackjack, whoop their ass and throw them in the cell, I'd run for Sure. Yeah. Well, it's not like that no more. I know. We're taking down <laughs> a mud creek and hang them up with the damn rope. Yeah. But you can't and do the that. Thing about it, they got more rights than we got. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt is. Yes, Annette. I, I I don't speak country that you know. I. Someone... I'm glad I have a transcript because I could not understand what those what they were saying. <laughs> so let me read you what I. Let me read you what I said. What yes, I please, please. Just a little go. bit. Okay, yeah, so go right ahead. I think the part they played was Jennings, who is the commissioner. Um, it's like somebody won in this job. They don't realize, like your job. I heard it the other day. Said, I heard two or 12 people going for sheriff. I said, fuck, let's get 20. Then they don't have a goddamn clue what they're getting into. Not this day and age. I'm going to tell you something. If I was back in the, if it was back in the day when that when Alan Marston would take a damn black guy and whoop their ass and throw him in a cell, I'd run for fucking sheriff. 
the sheriff then says, yeah, well, it's not like that no more. Jennings then says, I know, take them down to Mud Creek and hand them up the damn rope, but you can't do that anymore. They got more rights than we got. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's how people feel. Sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Mm. I didn't read ahead. No, that's okay. No, I want. I, no, no. Don't make any apologies, Sinead. Make none, because they were not making any apologies. They did not feel any empathy when they were making their utterances. I'm glad it was caught on tape, and we need more of them to be brought to the forefront. We need to know who we are putting in offices who are standing up in our faces and shaking our hands and smiling with us. We need to know who these people are. Let us separate the sheep from the wolves. Let it happen. May they continue talking. Absolutely. So it sounds like the reporter intentionally left his recording because yes, he thought he they were talking business yes. behind outside of the meetings. Okay. Yep. Well, good job. I hope he's safe and surrounded by protection. Yeah. Um, because obviously those two, those two are sure I'm sure have friends mm. because one of them is the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm done. <sighs> But can we talk about Mr. Yarl, young young boy, Mr. Yarl, and Mr. Lester? The young boy is not a Mr. He's a child. He's a child, and I'm going to remind everyone over and over, he's a 16-year-old child. Because somebody immediately described, um, I forgot his first name right now, so it went blank, but his last name is Yarl. Ralph, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, it's Ralph, this, little man, this man was killed, was shot. Wait, stop. No, he's he a child. He's a child. He's a 16-year-old child. I'm looking at the image of the um, Lester who was arrested. I, his first name is unimportant. Yeah. Um, when he was arrested or the mugshot they gave, I am guessing he is a smaller man. This is no way a protection or, or I don't care. He is an adult. Mm-hmm. And Ralph is a child. You do not accidentally shoot somebody two times. That's... You do not, for fear of defending yourself, take a weapon and shoot someone in the head. Because what, from what I've heard other spaces, um, Ralph tried to open the door, which makes sense because he was told to go pick up his brothers one block over at this dress. The door's open. Go on in. Oh, come on in. We're back here. Go get the, come get the brothers. He made a mistake. He didn't have his cell phone. He tried to open the door. He obviously the door is locked. He didn't get in. So that's it. You got round door, yell at him, curse him out, call him a bad name. You don't sh- shoot. But I- I'm sorry, I-, I just got really loud. No. Um, uh, it- it's, it's, it's angry. The thing, the, the silver lining, <laughs> Ralph is alive. He's yes. alive. Yes. He's alive, y'all. And I think yes. he's back home. He's alive. Yes. So I'm just happy that he's alive. And now Lester is in custody and sonette to add to your silver lining as of tuesday morning a gofundme page that was set up for yarl had raised 2.9 million dollars from 77,000 donations last i saw it it, the goal was 15 was 1.5 it was at 1.4 when i last saw it so that's that's 
great news. I, I, I wish nothing but the brightest future. I hope that Ralph will recover. I believe he will. And can move on with his life, get his, his degree at Texas A&M because yes. that's the school he's got into. I just, nothing, nothing bad should happen to this young man. And I hope everything goes great for him and his, and his twin brothers or twin siblings. I don't know their genders, mm-hmm. but he had their twins that he had to pick up. So I hope all goes well for them. Yeah, this is going to be his testimony. Go right ahead, Chief. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, not just his physical recovery, but his mental recovery, Mm -hmm. you know, because because according to yesterday's report, this man shot through the glass door. That meant the screen door wasn't open. That meant that he didn't try to open the door. Mm -hmm. If he shot through the glass, he just saw him and shot straight through the glass. It's it's. I just really hope he. I, I won't say I hope. I'm putting. In, I'm pushing enough energy out there that he will recover from the traumatic experience because that's something you don't. You don't forget, you know. And I'm like you, Sonette. I I feel all of that, and you you have every right to feel. We have every right to feel that rage for this kind of assault that's happening on our people, regardless of age or gender. And so, you know, it's a radio show, so I'm gonna be <laughs> very modest. Yes, we have to, we have to be, yeah, we definitely yeah. have to be. Um, legal experts believe Lester's lawyers will claim self-defense under Missouri Stand Your Ground law. The law allows for use of deadly force if a person is in fear of their life. Missouri is among roughly 30 states with such statutes. Robert Spitzer, a professor emeritus of political science at the State University of New York, Portland, whose research focuses on gun policy and politics, said the Missouri law provides wide latitude for people to use lethal force. St. Louis defense attorney Nina McDonnell agreed. She said prosecutors have a strong case, but the stand your ground law defense is a huge hurdle to overcome. The defendant was in his house and has expressed that he was in fear. Hmm. You know what? He's going to serve time. I'm going to I'm putting that out there. They say careful what you put out in the universe. I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that out there. Um there is NBC News was showing a clip on um, TikTok, on their TikTok page, NBC News, yeah, of a protest where students walked out of their classes and, um, you know, are supporting this young man, this young child, 16-year-old, burgeoning young man, promising future, bright future. And I believe he's going to have full recovery and he's going to be a champion for human rights. He's going to help to reshape by rewriting laws. I believe that's what's going to happen. Uh, Javet, you put in the chat that his mother said Yale had asked him to come to the school twice. Hmm. And I have to agree with you, Crystal. If you're scared, call the police. Lock your door and call the police if you're that scared. Why are you taking up matters into your own hands if you're that scared? See, now y'all are acting like we live in a civilized society. <laughs> <laughs> and we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <moments> I, <laughs> moments, 
don't don't declare this don't don't declare insanity on this day no moments i back i back channeled you a story as well about that something happened in oklahoma that is insane that's just validating what i just said oh yeah weren't you didn't you just hear we played the tape we played no, the recording and yeah, we played the recording and and okay, good. Um, and Sunet read the transcript because we could not understand what the hell was on on the time. So Sunet, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Oil. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know what they have in their mouth, but the words were not clear. Um, did you hear what I, when you walked in? I was reading it. It was it's it's disgusting. Yeah, man, it's Oklahoma. It's America. This it's is Oklahoma. America. But you're right. It's Oklahoma because when I was searching, I found another tape of um, not a, it was audio, it was text of um, some sport event where they were on the hot mic and called them an effing n word wow. to to, a, to person. Like this is not uncommon yeah. in Oklahoma. Apparently, just say whatever Ooh. you feel, just out loud. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I feel. Yes, I have know. the right. But but this guy, uh, what's his name? Jennings is saying that we have more rights than they do. So I guess ooh, this is this is new information, Chief. Guess what? <laughs> I have more know rights that. than him <laughs> in Oklahoma. Newsflash. All right. Okay, so I guess we should head on up to Oklahoma then, right? <laughs> come on, come on, come on down. We will give you a six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, truly disturbing. But um. On to other news. Shanquella Robinson. You know what? <laughs> oh, Chief, so you missed the song. This is our new theme song for um when we're Don't doing news out of up. North America. Yes, thank you, childish Gambino, for the in the what what you call it when you look into the future? Um foresight, that's what it is. Yeah. He was able to see ahead. So, Shanquilla Robinson's family is looking to file a lawsuit after U.S. law enforcement announced that they would not be pursuing charges for her death. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. The family of Shanquilla Robinson is still looking to file a civil lawsuit after the U.S. announced that it would not be charging anyone for her death. According to TMZ, the deceased's mother and sister, Salamandra and Quella, are ultimately devastated and confused following the results of different investigations in both the U.S. and Mexico. As previously reported, Shanquella passed away last fall near Cabo San Lucas, and two autopsies were conducted, one in Mexico and one in the U.S. According to the Mexican autopsy, she had severe spinal cord injury and vertebral instability, which indicated trauma. Taking into account that a woman Shanquella was on vacation with can be seen beating her in a widely distributed video. Her family believes it is obvious to draw the conclusion that the attack could have contributed to her death, but apparently U.S. investigators disagreed. According to Shanquella's family, the federal government performed its autopsy after embalming and shipping. They acknowledged that her brain had swelled, but ultimately concluded that there was no cause of death. The family's lawyer, Sue Ann Robinson, who is of no relation, claims that the federal government has not explained why it is heavily relying on their autopsy instead of the timely Mexican one. Sue Ann claims that justice was not served 
because in her opinion, U.S. prosecutors took a backseat to the investigation. She asserts that the family will continue to put pressure on government leaders, including President Biden, to act morally and compel the U.S. attorney's office to take appropriate action. The family has reportedly or was reportedly given the choice to have her body exhumed for a third opinion, which is still a possibility. Somebody help me understand what's going on here. We see the videos. We have seen the videos. And that that wasn't a woman that was beating her. That was a man that was beating her. Um, an autopsy was done in Mexico. So why is it that the U.S. is taking a back seat and not moving forward? What are we missing? Does anyone else have information? Um, is anyone else privy to information? There's a missing piece of the puzzle here. I'm sorry, I missed, I missed most of it. Is it because Mexico is a Mexican investigation and Mexico is dealing with it? Is that what was that said? No, that was not okay. said. I believe that's what I thought was happening because it happened in the country of Mexico. I know some American citizens, but it, it yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. I, but I thought that's what it was because it happened in Mexico and the Mexican, the Mexican, um, was it the city? Was it the city? Somebody had asked for the people to come back to get um, brought back to Mexico after the initial after the initial murder. Um, they had tried to get the people who were on vacation with Tranquila to come back to Mexico. They were had put a either a police well, APB, we call it, um, all points bulletin to get them arrested in Mexico. I don't know whatever happened after that. It just kind of die down you know but i don't know i don't know what else has happened since except that the u.s is saying they're not prosecuting so i'm hoping <laughs> that mexico's doing it but i don't know i'm sorry so let us assume that mexico is going to do it shouldn't the u.s then be happy to help with extradition that I would think if something so it's this is now um, a country to country so the State Department may be involved and not necessarily I don't know I'm gonna shut up I don't know I have to find <laughs> out more yeah I we need to do some research on this because this isn't sitting well with me I'm not appreciating what I'm hearing uh, especially considering that she is a U.S. citizen yes we understand that the crime happened in Mexico but it's as though we're saying we don't care. I don't want to make any assumptions. Um, I would love if, what's her name? The, why am I getting so much feedback this morning? I would love if Sue Ann Robinson. Are you using a Mac? I'm using an iPhone plus an iPad. Oh, um, that explains it. Okay. <laughs> My bad. Continue, please. <laughs> I still love you. You're choosing violence today, Chief. You know, um, we had praise and worship this morning. In the first 15 minutes, you missed it. Otherwise, you'd be nicer to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I went out, Java. Are you, is everyone hearing me now? Please let me know that you're hearing me. There's Mayday. We're hearing you now. Okay, good. <laughs> Chief. You're going to go in timeout. You, you want to join James in timeout? 
Well, James is out of timeout, so you may be there. By <laughs> Maybe Chief is planning to open a church in Rwanda. I wonder if he has the um, license. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm done with you. A degree in theology, not a license. Degree in De- theology. Yes. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> so, we like to laugh. <laughs> Donald Trump says if he is elected, he will force federal workers to pass a political test and fire them if they fail. Story courtesy of MSN.com. So former President Donald Trump said that if he returns to the White House in 2025, he will mandate that federal employees take a civil service test and workers who do not pass would be fired. The former president made the remarks in a video that was released on Friday. He said... I will require every federal employee to pass a new civil service test demonstrating an understanding of our constitutional limited government, he said. Mr. Trump said the test would include command of due process rights, equal protection, free speech, religious liberty, and Fourth Amendment to the Constitution's protection against unreasonable search and seizure, which led him to mention the FBI searching his Mar-a-Lago estate in August for classified documents. He went on to say, we will put unelected bureaucrats back in their place, liberate the U.S. economy, and attract millions of jobs and trillions of dollars to our shores, he said. Mr. Trump has previously called on putting in new requirements for federal employees. In March of last year, he called on passing laws that would make every employee who works under the executive branch fireable by the president. He said we will pass critical reforms making every executive branch employee fireable by the president of the United States. The deep state must and will be brought to heel It's already happening. Throughout his presidency, Mr. Trump regularly went after various executive branch officials. And if we remember, he fired FBI Director James Comey. And when he regularly attacked his Attorney General Jeff Sessions, Mr. Trump was recently indicted and arraigned in Manhattan on 34 charges related to alleged hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels. He also faces a federal investigation being led by special counsel Jack Smith, whom Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed (laughs) to investigate both his keeping of classified documents and his attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results, including his actions on January 6th. Yeah. Should he have been should he have been fired for lack of understanding of biology of the human body when he recommended that you drink bleach to get rid of the COVID? And put the light up in your behind. Yeah. <laughs> Moments. I think I think it's it's reasonable if he gets to be the first one to sit that, that test. <laughs> I think the whole world <laughs> is I, looking for that. Because I'm sure I'm sure he'll fail it and then we can get rid of him finally. <laughs> I think everyone who is aspiring to be a president should take the test before they're even allowed to go on a campaign. Isn't that fair? Isn't that reasonable? Let us see, you know, how bright you are, how much you know. As a matter of fact, we're not giving you time to study either because you should already know this. (laughs) I'd love to see Trump on Jeopardy. 
even get past the first round? You might guess it right along the way. <laughs> I love a good laugh. I really do love a good laugh. Yeah, leave, leave Trump alone. Okay, this is America. <laughs> you know what? You're right. This is America. Indeed. All right, next up. Hear what the adultification of black children is in America. I'm going to play a video. It is courtesy of CNN. Let me just jump to it. Okay. I did hit play, didn't I? Did I want to play? Okay. You know, Eric, this idea that the homeowner was scared of his size, um, it calls to mind cases like Eric Garner, who was 6'3", or George Floyd, who was cited by police um, for why they needed to restrain him. His size was cited by police. How tall are you allowed to be as a black man in America? That's a great question. To me, this reflects of Emmett Till and, you know, the adultification of black boys and girls in America. And ultimately, there are systems, there are policies, and there are people that when they see black children, they see them as adults. They want to treat them as adults. They see them as being violent, inherently violent. They see them as lacking innocence. Uh, and these are children. These are our most precious gifts um, as parents. I have a 17-year-old son, and I fear for him every day when he leaves the house. Uh, ultimately, I think there's been a lot of evidence and research done around adultification. Mm -hmm. uh, but folks are scared to call that out. Folks are scared to have the crucial and critical conversations on multiple levels about race and our children. Um, extensive studies have been done by our co-founder, Dr. Philip Atiba Goff, uh, penned the, the Essence of Innocence, where we look at adultification. But this is not new in America, and this is a, a rich history of white supremacy, bigotry, and racism that we see today. Well, do we agree with him? 100%. Yeah. A thousand percent. The only thing I don't agree with is I don't fear for my children. I fear for anybody who tampers with them. Hmm. <laughs> Say that's, that again. That's an absolute fact. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, it is, he's 100% correct. One, and we see it constantly. Um, so like I was talking about the, the young man, um, uh, Ralph. So that's exactly how the story started. But last night, um, L, who's been in this space? We, we, we send messages back and forth on, on IG all the time. So she sent me this news article of a 29-year-old man who got drunk and broke a finger on a, one of those um, Chinese statues. The, they're called the clay, the clay Warriors. I'm sure you have seen them. Mm -hmm. There's about a thousand of them. This man was drunk and he broke the finger of the statue and he kept this he kept it hidden for some time then when he found out it was him he was brought in with charges and he has to spend time or i think he has he has charges whatever that's a long part of the story they reported somebody who was then quoted about a story like he was just a drunk kid now tell me when is a 29 year old a child <laughs> <laughs> and only only men can be children when they're when they're white, right? Mm -hmm. But make a black boy of thirty year old do something. There was a black man coming after me. He is a child, and this is it. It is absolutely disgusting. There is a book I'm reading with some friends. Um, 
I'm gonna start because I always I I cut it, I cut the link and it's in my uh, 200 plus open windows on my phone. I do have a lot of. <laughs> um, so I have to go through it. But if I find that book, I will pin it to the house wall. We will do a tutorial, y'all. We'll have to do a tutorial how to everybody access this stuff. But um, I'll put in the house wall. So if you have time, you can go through it. But it is it is a long long book um but start with black reconstruction how about that jay um yeah black reconstruction we did the boys that's where we need to start but i'll pin the article of which i was referring to the, the the other book i cannot remember the title of right now actually it was written by angela y davis and not the other angela davis who we are more familiar with but a professor angela y davis i'm gonna stop talking now because i'm going over everyone but sonette no 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 stop right there one second question since you've put it there, I want you to let us know. Let's have this moment right now because I'm not familiar with how to get to the wall while I'm in the um, room here. I'm still learning since Clubhouse has redesigned oh, itself. Absolutely. So walk us through the steps, please. Or sure. At least walk okay, me perfect. The steps. Yeah, we can do a quick thing. Okay, so the house wall, we, I call it the house wall. Some of us call it the house. Um, I wish, wait, is Eva available? Uh, no. We're in houses together, several okay. other houses together. Anyway, um, is where you put information. So on the, if you click the name of the club, the house, At Coffee the and Toe, okay, coffee just and click the, the right. Uh-huh. My finger's not going there. You will see a wall that says Coffee and Toe, join the lounge, and you'll see the room that we're in right now, daily room scheduled. Okay. You see that? Yep. Now, if you go up, scroll up a little bit or down, how do you go it? Oh, okay. You'll see... The 22 hours ago, you finished the room. Then you'll see the article I posted one day ago. Ah. Then that's the wall. Huh. Many oh, things right. can exist there. You can you can put images. You can put um, links. You can do that. So that's the wall. Oh. When if we're done with this room, because sometimes we're we're done with um, the actual show that's been recorded. You can open a new room. You see the button above. Um, above sorry go back up to the top uh-huh where the, the current show we're in uh-huh. if you go below it you can you can you can uh, forget the schedule you can open a brand new room you can also lock that room to only members of this house okay and people who are not members can't come in let's say there's something we want to talk about just the people who we who are regulars right you can do that and then you can just leave it open. You can like you already figured out the recording because I think this show is being recorded. Yes. You can also turn off recording if you don't want that. Oh. Um. Yeah. So that's we want to have a private chat. That is just like chat. We're just talking, shooting the breeze, mm-hmm. and it does not need to be recorded for any reason. You can turn that off. Okay. If you turn it off during a show, though, it's gone forever. So you don't want to do that. No, no, no. Um. So that's one thing. Um. The three dots at the top next to the people. Mm-hmm. Actually, let me see what people do. If you go to people, you can grant invitations or add members. I don't have anyone I need to add right now, so I'm just going to close that. Okay. Down arrow. Okay. The three dots in the top right-hand corner, um, it tells you a little bit more. You can share links to this house. You can um, back channel the admins. Well, that's only us will see that. Everyone okay. probably will not see that. Okay. But it tells you a little bit about the show and the topics that we've discussed. And the members, we now have 187 members. Okay. And if you look at member permission, you'll see who all have what they have. Oh. We can, there's some things we can do um, there. Uh, now, once you get out of this window, go back to the show. So, mm-hmm. you see the, where the show is at 6, 6 a.m.? Yeah. Click in there. 
this, obviously everyone, I'm sorry, this one, this one appeals to you. It's only work, probably going to work for the, those of us with admin badges. Um, the top right corner, the three dots again, uh-huh. it says that you can make it a public rule, which okay. is what it is right now. Right. Replays are on. And this is where you put the title. Ah, okay. So that's what you, the last couple of mornings when I woke up and I saw you didn't have a title, I popped one in there. <laughs> <laughs> This is not judgment. This is not judgment. No, no, no. I just pop pop one in there. And the pin link is the same place it used to be. So the pin link. That's right now. The pin link you have right there is about the NPR story. Um, The story of the four are killed in Maine. I can see it still. And then there's a game. We're not playing any games right now. So everything else, I think the functionality remains the same as it did in the club. In the club. But And then, of course, that big red button that could end the room. But we're not doing that. So (laughs) that's, yeah. Thank you, Sunet. Thank you for the quick tutorial. Very helpful sure. indeed. I learned something because, as I said here, I'm very resistant to change, especially when it comes to technology, certain things I am. Um, Teflon put in the chat and messages expire in 30 days. Thank you. For That's that. right. Yeah. So this is stuff on the, the one that the, what I call the wall. Teflon, what do you call it? Yeah, call it the wall, the, um, the, the house wall, right? Yeah. Okay, in the hallway. So, okay, cool. It's, it's, it's whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I, yeah. call, okay. I call it the distraction. Sorry, sir. You call it the distraction, chief? <laughs> yes. Okay. Aww. All right. No, thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Miyagi. That was really good. <laughs> she was good. Right. She, she, she was very. Nah, no, no, that's not that's not sarcasm. I'm serious. Like I, I'm like okay. Well, I feel a lot more literate now. She's HR. <laughs> what do you expect? She is HR. She has an HR background, and she's she's, she's accustomed to detail and explaining things very well. Well, plus she's Omo Yoruba. <laughs> okay. What do you expect? Okay. Um, just to add, you know, you know the the wall. Um, so okay, so people can reply to messages on there. So you can, as admins, you can turn that off as well, so people can't reply. Okay. Or you can, or you can restrict the wall for only admins so only admins can post on it and um, that's if you've got if you go like a big room and people spam because sometimes you get people spamming like putting their stuff in there only admins can, can post oh yeah. okay thank you thank you teflon i do appreciate this as i struggle to catch up but i will i'll get there folks I, i'm gonna stop being resistant i'm gonna you know stop definitely stop all right we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we have business and tech news as well as health and science and lifestyle here is a little fantasia for you she's singing truth is it is hashtag wcw we celebrate women every wednesday we play songs written produced sung by women Yesterday, called me by surprise when he called my name. He was a familiar face from a chapter in my past. Talk for a while like some Irish man. Said that he was seeing somebody. Else. Told me this was gonna last, showing me her photograph. And all the feelings that I thought were gone came rushing back to me. Tried to smile and not the way I felt But I was thinking to myself I never got over you 
on the way things used to be Shared a couple laughs and some memories Talked about the things you changed Some for good and some for bad Then you said goodbye and he paid for lunch Promise that we'd always keep in touch Got my bags and grabbed my thoughts Walked away and that was that And all the feelings that I thought were gone Came rushing back to me at once Tried to smile and hide the way I felt But I was speaking to myself Gotta give a big thank you to everyone logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Come on, Keisha Cole. Sing for us. I don't want your man, because I got it like that, but it ain't even got to be like that. <laughs> your man, he be calling me back. See, I'm fine in a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, yeah, how I do that. That fit my jeans over baby fat. Listen, I don't know the type of tricks he playing, but I should warn you, I don't want you, man. I understand why you wanna try. Make him stay home late at night. But if he wanna go, he'll be gone, no lie. I can't explain how many times I tried. How many times I cried. Thank you to everyone logged on to johnnoradio.com. Don't forget to download the John No Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. John No Radio, take us on the go. Here's a little Monica for you, Angel of Mine. After this one, I'm going to give you some Heather Headley and then we get back to business. Oh, 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 oh,
Got to give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Remember to tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can also find me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with me media. And the me in everything is M-I. To the day before we met Skip my regret I wish I was In love with you So you couldn't hurt me It just ain't fair There was a time when I would sing this song Over and over and over and over again Me too Somehow I know it's not quite that way. It's getting pretty. And you haven't checked on me all day. When I called, you didn't answer. Now I'm feeling like you're ignoring me.
nada. I know the men are not enjoying this song right now. <laughs> No more Teflon, it's almost over. <laughs> 12 more seconds. <laughs> Let me take you out to Mr. Teflon. <laughs> oh my gosh, a big thank you once again to everyone. Logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QNZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. And thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. It is time for Business and Tech News. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, sorry, Teflon. Was somebody screaming that song at you at one point? I hope not. Nah, it, I don't it, understand. It's a nice song. It sounds nice, but I think after a while, it's a bit drawn out. <laughs> <laughs> your conscience killing you, Teflon. <laughs> don't feel too bad. It, it, it's your conscience. Don't don't worry. <laughs> But yes, um, you know, we got to cry about it. We got to sing about it when y'all play with us. Don't play with our hearts. Don't don't mess with us. You know, if you're going to love us, love us. Right? That's all I'm going to say. All right. Time for business and tech news. Uh, David's Bridal, among America's largest bridal chain, has filed for bankruptcy. Let me double check and see if we have a... No, we don't have a soundbite for that. So I'll just have to go on ahead and read. So according to CNN... Uh, via WSVN, there has been a rebound in weddings the last two years after the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic, but it hasn't been enough for David's Bridal, the largest bridal retailer in the United States. The company said it filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. David's Bridal has been hurt by a range of factors, including inflation and competition from online retailers and second-hand retailers. A shift to more casual weddings has also made David's Bridal's elaborate dresses and gowns less appealing to some brides. Such a shame. An increasing number of brides are opting for less traditional wedding attire, including thrift wedding dresses. David's Bridal said in a bankruptcy filing that these shifting consumer preferences have significantly exasperated the company's financial crunch. David's Bridal has also been hurt by changes in how women shop for wedding dresses. The demand for formal wedding dresses, bridesmaids' dresses, and related accessories has decreased substantially in the current environment. Despite the bounce back in weddings in 2021 and 2022, they are still below pre-pandemic levels, according to CDC data. Also, a few, uh, fewer people have been getting married over the long run. Marriage rates in the U.S. have been declining since the early 1980s. David's Bridal will keep its nearly 300 stores and website operating and fulfill all customer orders as it searches for a buyer for the company. It will also honor gift cards, returns, and exchanges. 
But if David's Bridal is not able to find a buyer, it could have to close all stores and liquidate. The company has around 10,000 full and part-time employees, but last week it said it was laying off 9,000 workers. David's Bridal, the successor to a bridal retailing business that began as a single bridal salon in Fort Lauderdale, Florida back in 1950, said approximately 25% of brides in the United States have worn one of its gowns at their wedding. It's the retailer's second bankruptcy in five years. Um, ooh, Party City, Tuesday morning, mattress manufacturer Serta Simmons and Independent Pet Partners, a pet, retail, uh, pet store retailer, have also filed for bankruptcy in recent weeks. Wow. Um, this is kind of disturbing. Um, but let me ask the question, though, the, the executives at um, David's Bridal, were they not able to pivot so they understand what people are finding more appealing? Could they have not then said, you know something, we're not going to go for so many formal dresses since people are opting for less formal styles, um, probably renting dresses at a lower cost? I don't know. I'm just thinking... That just um, moments. I was thinking the same as well. Um, it's it's all about uh, these companies. Don't they have uh, marketing? I don't know what they call it. Um, you know, I mentioned it a few months ago, but I can't remember the name. I think it's like market uh, strategists or something. They they see what's trending, and then they then try to make sure that the companies kind of move with the times. So like, if people are um, not wearing the traditional dresses anymore then like just see what they're wearing and adapt to it and then also go online because a lot of these shops are not going online make everything digital because that's where everyone's going agreed agreed teflon um market analysts market strategists they need to do a study that yeah and it, but they did the study evidently because they recognize what's going on so they made the choice not to pivot they made that choice that not to keep abreast of the times Comp any why, not? why not though i don't know i don't know probably they wanted to go out of bankruptcy i don't know they probably have said, you know, something, we've done a run, we're tired, or who to tell? Probably probably they were expecting children to take over. I don't know. Could be a myriad of reasons. So they just said, you know what, we're going to let it fizzle out. Um, we're tired. But what they should have done is prior to it getting this bad, they noticed that there was a shift. They should have started looking for a buyer long ago. I'm just saying, you know, because I don't think buying a wedding dress online is truly the way to go a hundred percent i guess i'm old school you know you want to hold on to certain no you're right yeah it's like it's a hard thing to do as well like buying dresses so yeah yeah i think the online thing definitely won't work yeah yeah um so you said you bought yours online Yes, ma'am. Sight unseen. And was it a perfect fit or did you have to get adjustments done? Um, the only thing is I didn't like the applique they put on front, so I had it changed. And it was it took less than 10 minutes with the seamstress. They wow. put something shiny one spot. I'm like, ah, I'll do something else. Because I had 
hand in designing. Well, they had layouts. I bought it. I bought it from China. Wow. <laughs> I went and got, I got, all I had to do was do all the measurements. Um, I chose the format I liked and, um, and the dress was made and sent to my house. Um, very tightly packed up in this little black plastic bag. And, I, and I'm like, okay, what is this? Oh, it's my dress. Opened it. It fit great, like like a glove. Mm-hmm. You just had to fix um, one thing. I didn't like one of the appliques they put on. It was too shiny for me. I'm not a shiny girl. Um, and then it was done. So and you I didn't get it in people. a box? You didn't get it in a, in, a, in a garment box? You know, those fancy boxes no. lined with tissue and I satin? Bought, oh, no. No, ma'am. You ever bought anything from Shein or Tim no. U? No. And so dumb things come like, they come packed compactly, tightly, wrapped up in, in tape and plastic. And no, it, I didn't. See, see, you're thinking sentimentally, you know. Yes. You have a box, you have to open up and pass it on to your daughter. Yes. Nope. I, you know what I did with it? I passed it on and somebody else used that same dress on Buy Nothing on Facebook. So, wow. hello. Wow. I am that person who David's bridal is losing. Okay. I'm that person. Wow. Go ahead, Teflon. Lots of women I know, oh, sorry, really no, no. quick Teflon. Lots of women I know have used somebody else's dress to get married in because that's my friend group. Yeah. I'm done now. All right. Thank you, Sonette. Um, my first wedding, the first time I got married, we had a traditional wedding and I wore my mom's wedding dress, which is still, um, nicely packed away in one of those beautiful garment boxes, a white box lined with satin and wrapped up in tissue paper. I guess it's a sentiment for me. Go ahead, Teflon. I was just going to say, no, I don't think a lot of people, um, I don't think a lot of people been trying to, um, do what's connected. Not everyone's got that patience to wait for it, um, unbox it, try it on, doesn't work, have to fix it or send it back. I think there's only like a small amount of people that will actually do that. You know, I, I'm, I hope they can find a buyer Teflon. That's the truth. What about you and your girlfriends going to the, well, um, or you and your friends or your, your chief, your maid of honor, whatever you call them, um, going to the salon and shipping on champ, sipping on champagne and cutting it up and chit chatting. And, you know, I, I guess it's taking away. It's making it so impersonal. I went with one of my girlfriends who did that. And I did do that too. I tried some on, and I and I was because I was looking. It takes a while to decide on dress. Teflon, I'm sorry, you're in the matrix here, and I can hardly hear you when you're speaking. Um, sorry, please my AirPods. Yeah, it's it's the sound is is we kind of warbled. Just FYI. Um, but I went and did the whole fitting thing with friends, and that's a long search. You can't always be happy with what they have in them stores. So when I just, when it, it, you know, after exhaustedly looking to three, four stores and they didn't have anything and then let you be more than a size eight and you're in a, it's a struggle. Okay. Mm. Because the dresses they have, they, I think they're getting better. I will say they're getting better, but I was having dresses with this big old gapping part in the back and like, Oh, sorry, ma'am, we don't have that in your size. And you know, it's just lots of things that made me reach out and do it myself me get my dress made. Um, but I went with friends who even did the thing. And like Arielle, I went to her to do the whole shop. We went to all these high-end stores in Manhattan. And then she ended up using her mother's dress and had it altered. So that happens too. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so in the chat, thank you so much, uh, Sunet and uh, Teflon. In the chat, um, Latoya put, women are getting custom-made wedding dresses now. All right. And Crystal said, you want a custom fit. Uh, Javette said, a big extravagant wedding is a waste of money, I feel, in this day and age. Um, Chantal agrees with, Crystal agrees with Javette. Uh, the only reason I liked that I had a, that I had a wedding was that my dad gave me away. He has seven daughters and, and I'm the only one he had the pleasure of walking down the aisle. He passed away a year later. Um, yeah, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my first wedding, I didn't have a choice. I had to get married. Um, we talk about another time. I think some of you know that story already. That's the days after dark conversation. I had no choice. Um, so we had the pomp and circumstance. Um, my dad had the pleasure of walking me down the aisle as well um crystal um my second wedding courthouse fifty dollars best thing best fifty dollars ever spent <laughs> um these extravagant weddings who are they for sometimes i wonder right i'm not here to take money out of any event planners pockets because we need our money right i'm not here to do that but people are dumping a hundred thousand dollars in weddings and then going home to an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment. I would, I would have preferred to take eighty thousand dollars, dump that as a down payment on a house, and probably have a twenty thousand dollar wedding, or having a quiet wedding, a courthouse wedding, and then having a, a reception, um, something else. I don't know, or a destination wedding. We're just a few of us. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think um, some people do for the audience to do for their friends <clears throat> especially in the Caribbean community a lot of people come out to weddings to see if the wedding was like if it was like good because you know they're going to go back and talk in it so a lot of people do it mainly to impress to make sure that they're um, they're not talked about bad and stuff like that so yeah. for the ground for the ground crazy <laughs> so they'll be like oh, I went to um so Teflon, are people getting married because they are wanting to be in a committed relationship or are they just doing it for the ceremony to for the gram as as Donald said? And I have a feeling they're just doing it for the gram because not many of these extravagant weddings make it past seven years. You know about the seven year itch, right? Not many of these weddings make it past seven years, these extravagant weddings. Yeah, I think I think you do you do have that small percentage that do that. And I think you have a lot of people that generally do want to get married, but unfortunately they make bad choices. You know, they probably rush into the marriage and don't know the person. Um, and then it's just, it's just a mix of that with like trying to impress people. So they'll, they'll obviously want the man to splash out get an expensive dress and get an expensive venue get all the food and five changing of dresses i went to one wedding yet you know the girl changed six times you know <laughs> <laughs> what are you changing six times for Ten minutes she, she disappears and she comes back and she's in a new dress i tell you something it's all about them doing it to impress her friends because she had all, the, all them you know them champagne bottle them Saturday night champagne bottle um, yes. party they all came there so obviously she has to 
make sure that she looks good and all of that. Mm -mm. I ain't got time for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. Yeah, oh, I, look. I, I, James put up a picture of himself and his wife. Uh, James, yeah, I, can I, you remove yourself from the picture? We don't want to see you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're hurting the picture, James. Yeah, I think... I think... Um, it should be small, the wedding should be small, and then if you survive 20 years, then you can spend all the money in the world and have a big bash. Because, you know, celebrate the 20 years or the 25 years. But there, there was a research that was done in America. America does a lot of research. And, and they're saying that the more money, they find the more money spent on a wedding, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 um, the faster the divorce. Like wow. people that spend upwards of something like $40,000, their marriage don't last for more than five years so i found that kind of interesting the you know, more money spent on a wedding the shorter um the 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 it, it lasts that was interesting <sighs> i'm gonna have to agree i i can speak from experience maybe, maybe it's a case maybe it's a case because people that's put a lot of emphasis on the wedding maybe ignore some part of the marriage as opposed to putting the emphasis on the marriage and not the wedding. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it's something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful picture, though, James, I must say. Beautiful picture. Don't ask me for a wedding picture for me, Marlon. There is none. <laughs> I'll let you know that. <laughs> There's absolutely not. So I have not to post. Um, yeah, but I'm hoping that someone will be able to step up and save David's bridal because there are some people who still want that feel if they you know cut down the number of stores that's okay probably one per state um we're good with that but um but also somebody will pick it up for pennies on the dollar and they will just change the model slightly yeah what do you find with this institutional um somebody's in long institutions a set on a certain like profile and it was successful and there's a lot of resistance to change. Mm -hmm. So they don't change with the times. And they just die of obsolete, just become obsolete and die. Yeah. You understand? And sometimes, too, the people that are managing, that are running, I've been doing this for 40 years. Who is you to come and tell me it's not working? Mm -hmm. So they, they literally milk it to the point where it's just not feasible anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up, thank you all for your input on that one. Apple offers 4.15% high-yield savings to its Apple Card holders. I think I have that story. Hold on. Yeah, that one is loading up. So Apple is now going to hold on to your money for you, folks. Uh, skip the ad. Let's go. Let's see if I can get this one to play. If it will play, if it cooperate with me today. Sometimes technology is good. And Chief, I don't need to hear what anything you got to say. Start saving with Apple. The tech giant launching a new savings account, which is available and can be set up through its Apple credit card. It'll have a 4.5 interest rate compared to the national 0.35% average and will be overseen by Goldman Sachs. No minimum deposits or balances are required. How are y'all feeling about that, Apple supporters? You know, I think I, I'm not saying I'm not, I would not jump on that, but for a younger person who is very tech savvy and um, doesn't have a traditional bank, it may be appealing because mm -hmm. they're on their phones constantly anyway. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a brick and mortar bank. I have an online bank. 
which not, which is saying a lot. Like my, I never walked into the building for my bank because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But Apple is a tech company. I don't need to bank with them. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't even have the Apple checking thing that they have. I don't even do that. I, I attach my other cards to my Apple Pay. I don't use theirs. Okay. But I think it would be appealing to some other people who, who are fully, like, they're, they're down. They've, they've got it all signed off. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. Okay. All right. Let's see how it goes. The interest rate is attractive. Is it different? If you have, if you have a Starbucks card, do you have to put money on that? I have yes, no sir. clue. I, I'm not a Starbucks person. I, I don't like Starbucks. Sorry. I the one I have my my Starbucks account is one that I put money. I funded through another source. I don't have one. Yeah, I don't know if there's another version, but I put money on it when I need to go to Starbucks just because it's the ease of doing the transactions. But it's not really buying you anything. Oh well, no, you earn points. I think. Mm. Right, but so just imagine you. We have the Starbucks card and a couple million people put in even just 5 or $10 on that card, right? Who have access to that money, the physical money? Yes, Starbucks give you the credit and you could redeem it whenever you want. So then Starbucks could collect this money, put it into an account, get interest, do everything, probably even invest it, set up new locations, whatever, with your money. Don't give you anything back. And when you're ready, you go to buy your coffee, they just credit it, whatever. It's a, a book entry. What is the, the benefit? So if Apple is coming now and they're giving you an interest on it, that's higher than the interest rate, one could say, well, at least I'm getting something for it. And maybe it will force the, the banks to go back to giving us uh, a decent interest on our money that they used to make all the billions of dollars. Because int- before you could have made money on savings account. Now you can't. So you have the apples, you have the the SoFi and all the other different um, institutions coming in now and creating these savings accounts and checking accounts that actually start giving you interest. Maybe it might c- cause enough disruption to allow the, the commercial banks and so to revisit this whole interest rate policies when it comes to the money they use for free. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Javed agrees that the interest rate is good with, um, oh, Chief put in the chat, Starbucks exploits women farmers in Ethiopia. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah that's the facts. <sighs> I'm glad I'm not a Starbucky. I've tried it. The last time I tried it was a couple months ago, went to the falls, um, the Starbucks at the falls. And um, yeah. They're, I find their pastries stale. Their food stale. Yeah. I don't oh, know. True. These are always stale. Their, their drinks don't even taste good. I don't, I don't know why people go crazy over Starbucks. Hmm. Accessibility. Accessibility. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like The thing I do is like once in a while I will buy from Starbucks. I, use, I used to go more frequently. But I also buy coffee from a direct, direct from someone who makes coffee. Um, it's in Hawaii, it's not in Africa, but like it's a friend who grows his own coffee and has a company in um, in Hawaii. So you have to just it doesn't balance people. That's yeah. that's what I'm gonna say. It's balanced. You you know what you're doing because a lot of other companies they're not the only ones who's exploiting farmers from all around the world. I guess everybody doing it, right, Sonette? Yeah, sorry to say. Yeah, 
and Julie yeah, put and Kenya for their tea. Wow, sorry. Go ahead, James. Yeah, no, I was saying that chances are like if you if you drink coffee at any one of those franchise big um, franchise place, mm -hmm. they they all exploit like um, South America, like all of those um, coffee farmers is like you know penny on the dollar. Like even in Jamaica, like you think Blue Mountain Coffee is such a huge name, and you think that these farmers would be like living living like a, a decent lifestyle because of their coffee, but they're not. So yeah, if you drink coffee like uh, in one of these places. They exploit people. But Blue Mountain Coffee, I'm sorry, real quick, this is more coffee, we're talking coffee, and coffee is my thing, I love coffee. Blue Mountain Coffee is still one of the most expensive coffees, and Japan has, they're the ones who buy it most, mm -hmm. and it is some crazy number of, I forgot the, the, the value per ounce. It is extremely expensive. It is. Um, I when when we were coming back from Jamaica and stopped in the uh, one of the inbound stores in the airport, I just put it right back down. I was like, "Hell, for the no, I'm sorry, mm mm, mm mm, I couldn't do it. My pocket could not afford it. Could not. I was like, this is it, it, it is the best they say in the world. Um." I don't know if it really is because I've heard that Ethiopian coffee is really good. So, um, okay, so you can get 100%, a bag of um, espresso, ground espresso, Blue Mountain coffee. You know the package for $88. Really? I love coffee, but. And then smaller than that, $52. I'm sorry. I love coffee, but I'm not. Crazy. Sorry. Not crazy. Not at all. Yes, it's really the best coffee in the world. The best that I've tasted. Um, they have one of them from Ethiopia. I think that's more expensive. But that one is like, um, it goes through a process. Like they, they have, um, they said they have the, the monkeys like eat the beans and pass it out. And then they use the, use the beans to make some exotic you know beans, what, James? What? I'm not drinking that. No, serious. I'm serious. He's, it's not. It, it's it's true, honest. Oh, actually. And, and it's it's not from. What country do you say it was from, James? I'm from Ethiopia. Not that one. No, there's another one from Southeast Asia. There is people. They have. I, they it passes through the dung. You're right, and they brew it, and it's special. My friends actually bought that nonsense. Let me um see if I can find the name of it. I forgot, but it's it's that actually does exist, y'all. Oh really Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> All right. Sounds like a shitty situation. <laughs> Chief, time out. Next up. Moments, Next, moments. Yeah, it's, no. not, it's not that bad. Remember, we used to put um donkey and horse. Oh, don't say we. Don't say we. Don't say we. Don't say we speak for yourself. No, 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 no. Back the hell up. Back, back the hell up right there. Do not say we. Do not include me in that foolishness. I do not know what you're talking about. Sorry. He's telling the family business. He's telling the family business. What part of Jamaica you come from, James? James will be telling the family business. Said Mary. I said Mary will come from. <laughs> and that's what they do in the part of St. Mary that you're from? No, no. Back in the days, a lot of... Remember, they used to dry the horse, the horse um, thing. You and, keep and, saying, and remember, Mr. Menonua. 
No, maybe you're, you you're, you're, remember. You remember. You're born in the nineties. No, I was in born in the seventies, and I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't relate to what you're talking about. I'm sorry. No, but they, they, they did it. They did it though. They used to dry the 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 the, the horse um stuff and and use it as um as fertilizer. The, I I don't know about horse. I know about cow. I know about cow manure. You dry the cow yeah, dung. Yeah. No cow and cow and horse and, and all those type of I stuff. Know they pick them up horse. and dry them. Okay. I didn't know about horse, but I definitely know about cow dung. But go on with your monkey business, James. <laughs> the, yeah, cow dung is really good for, and they sell it now at um, Home Depot. These big bags of cow dung. Um, yeah, cow dung I know because we had cows growing up. And I was going to Of course, we had to get, get a cordon. Cordon is a big thing. It is yeah, big the best, thing. the best fertilizer. B and biofuel too. You know that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Gonna be, they, they, they had no artificial thing. They know the real stuff. That's the best. Make stuff. the make, make the coffee strong. <laughs> you know what, my God. <laughs> Next story. Biden bets big on bringing factories back to America, and he is building on some. Trump ideas. For his re-election bid, there's a central theme he keeps repeating. Invest in America. It's a vision of how Biden wants the government to help reshape the economy. It's something experts call industrial policy. NPR's White House correspondent, Asma Khalid, has more. It's a busy morning at Marlin Steel in Baltimore. This laser is using light to cut steel. Drew Greenblatt owns this manufacturing plant where workers cut, bend, and weld steel into specialty wire baskets. They'll end up everywhere, from labs to factories. In 2020, when COVID hit and supply chains got snarled, his business got a boost. And we started making IV poles. We also started making things like the sanitizer stands where you put your hand underneath a little soap dispenser. That stopped coming in from overseas. Test tube racks stopped coming in from overseas. The pandemic sent a message. American companies should not be putting their eggs in the Chinese basket. It's just too dangerous. But Greenblatt was already on this mission. He has half a dozen American flags around his factory floor. He's pleased Biden is, in his words, following Donald Trump's vision to make more things in America. But right now it's wildly unfair to build in America compared to China because we have so many things stacked against us. Greenblatt wants Biden to go further. He wants less regulation and a tax break for R&D. In the end, he says supporting American manufacturing is smart policy and smart politics. Whoever can get more factories growing faster in America is going to win a lot of votes. Biden is touting his economic agenda a lot lately, on the road touring factories like this semiconductor facility in Durham last month. This is the largest investment in manufacturing in the history of North Carolina. Experts say if you look at the whole package of economic policies this White House has rolled out, it's rather unprecedented in recent times. Biden's team is systematically crafting industrial policy to try to shape markets and the private sector. Brian Deese was a top economic advisor to Biden and helped lead this push. We are, for the first time since really the 1960s and in, and in many cases earlier than that, using targeted public investment over multiple years to try to crowd in private capital. They're doing this in a few ways. They're giving out subsidies for semiconductor plants and electric vehicles. They're also keeping Chinese products out, 
by maintaining the Trump-era tariffs and imposing sweeping export controls to limit China's access to technology. And they're doing this all out in the open, which is even more unusual, according to Danny Roderick. He's an economist at Harvard. Among economists and mainstream policymakers, I think industrial policy for a number of decades now has been a kind of a dirty word. And I think that sort of has completely changed now. It's changed because politics on the right and the left have changed, and politicians have decided China is a common foe. Roderick says the environment now is sort of akin to the fears the U.S. had of the Soviet Union in the 1950s. That sparked government programs that eventually led to technological inventions like GPS and the Internet. But there's also a huge difference that that the United States was never as economically integrated with the Soviet Union as it is now with China. The U.S. and China depend on each other so much for trade. But the Biden team says China doesn't play fair. Here's Brian Deese again. A purely laissez-faire trickle-down view that ignores the role of China in the global economy, I think, is, is, doesn't work. The White House says the Chinese government provides enormous subsidies and steals technology. So the U.S. has to intervene to help American companies and American workers. It's clear when I spoke to the Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, that this mission is also about national security. We buy 92 percent of advanced semiconductors from Taiwan, utterly vulnerable position for the United States to be in. She says there are certain industries, like chips, that are just too important to be largely outsourced. And so the government is offering funding to companies to build factories in America. During the 80s and 90s, when so many manufacturing plants shut down, she says there were devastating economic consequences. She knows firsthand. My dad, he and all of his friends were put out of work when all of the jobs at his watch factory went to China. But for decades, many politicians on both sides of the aisle proudly supported free trade, even as America's manufacturing power declined. We were just, I guess, a little bit slow to wake up for it. COVID was the great eye-opener. Nobody was talking about supply chains four years ago. The pandemic accelerated the conversation. But Donald Trump's election, and specifically his appeal to blue-collar workers, also sparked some soul-searching. There's been a transformation on the part of everybody. Scott Paul is president of a lobby group called the Alliance for American Manufacturing. You could cut and paste some of Trump's trade policies, and they're now the Democratic platform. In the year 2000, Biden, like many Republicans and Democrats, voted to normalize trade relations with China. But some 20 years later, the political debate has shifted. Christine McDaniel with George Mason University is one of the rare voices in Washington openly skeptical of this shift. Industrial policy means that through government, taxes, subsidies, incentives, rules, regulations, you are taking resources from one part of the economy and reallocating them to another part, okay? Government is uh, notorious. Unfortunately, they just don't have a very good track record for uh, picking winners and losers. But supporters of industrial policy say the U.S. has always helped out companies in one way or another. And so the debate ought to be about how to do this most effectively. And Biden's supporters bristle at the idea that the president is copying his predecessor. Even if the mission is the same, they say Biden has better plans and is following through. Back at the wire factory in Baltimore, Drew Greenblatt says it doesn't matter what Republicans or Democrats are saying in Washington. I don't care about messaging. I only care about 
policies that impact my factory. So whether workers. or not people are saying make things in America. That's all it's all word salad. But he insists supporting American manufacturing is a winning political proposition. And as he told me, whoever can get more factories up and running in America is gonna win a lot of votes. Asma Khalid, NPR News. But how long have they been talking about factories up and running in America? Have they, how much of it has been accomplished, really, realistically? We like to push China as this big bad wolf. Back in the day when he was teaching in university that outsourcing was the way to go because they get cheaper production and mm-hmm. all the different stuff, mm-hmm. it was good for the people making the money. Hmm. Now the Chinese decide to go into the same market they are and instead of outsourcing selling it themselves, now it become a problem because they're losing money. Hmm. And the policy will shift again and again. But, I mean, it's common sense that if you're not producing your own goods and services at some basic levels, that you leave yourself open. Not to this whole um, national security stuff. It all comes down to money. There's no national security. Nobody cares about these kind of things. These are just stuff they use to pass their policies. It comes down to who is making money and who is losing money. And the tide would shift according to that. Because the policies are not designed for the people on the ground. The policies are not really designed for the work. Because when they needed to go out there and make their money, they cut down, all, closed down all the factories and went and make their billions. It has nothing to do with, oh, we, we will have to terminate all these workers and we, the, the poor working man would not have a way of sustaining himself. No, it was, we can make big profit, we're gone. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now they're losing money and they, they have real competition. They're coming back. I know they said, oh, they should not have gone. But if the policies are based on the people, then yes, manufacturing and all this stuff and keeping it locally is great. But it's just not about that. Hmm. Ah, everybody's drumming yeah. up um, support for um, the next election. Go right ahead, Chief. Yeah, and, and, and not just money, but currency. Because what we're talking about Oh, what we're not talking about is the centralization of the dollar, because if you look at what the dollar is worth currently, that will give you all the information you need. If this becomes a currency war, then America is going to have to open up factories. It's not going to have a choice. It's going to have to reinvent itself. And that's what America's facing. And they can't, like she just said, you can't afford to lose Taiwan, which is why we would be willing to go to war over Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So it's just about understanding the geopolitics and, but most importantly, how currency is going to play into all of this. That's why that Fed now program is so important right now, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're talking about centralizing all money, tracking all money going in and out of the United States and between its citizens. So this whole thing about, you know, being cash based, it's going to transfer, it's going to transform in July drastically. But, and we need to prepare for it. But, 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 Chief, I'm glad you brought up the whole Fed now thing because one thing I will give, um, what, what you call it, President, this President or President of Florida, DeSantis, I'll give him that. He says it's not coming here. I don't want nobody tracking everything I'm doing. He's lying. It's already live. It's online right now. They've got people entering in into the beta program right now to roll out in July. You can go check it out. 
It's not something you can just make up. It's live. It's a live site right now. But but let me ask you, because I'm trying to understand really and truly, what is the purpose of it? So what? Let, let me take you through my mind and how I'm thinking, right? So I go into, um, I go into a supermarket. Hold on, chief, chief, chief. You got too much noise in the background. What the heck you doing? Like you, you building a bar? Trying to fix somebody's Apple computer. Whatever. But anyway, so um, okay. So I walk into the supermarket. I take out my debit card and I'm gonna pay. Uh, the money would, the supermarket is gonna get the money right away, right? And I go about my business. What is Fed's now purpose? When I swipe my card, how does Fed now come into play? Help me understand that. So you're going to be given credit. Um, everyone's going to have credit on whatever device your wallet. So whenever, whenever you make a transaction, they'll just deduct it. But I've heard, like, what, what I've been hearing is that the, um, whatever currency they're going to give us is digital currency. It's gonna have expired date, so so um, you know before you, you was able to sit on your money and save your money. Um, they say you won't be able to do that now. So you you're gonna have a, a certain amount of time to spend. Your Whoa! Money. Hold on there. Hold on and there then, now, Teflon. Hold on. So what's gonna happen? So you have a checking account. You have a savings account. What's gonna happen with your savings account? So you're gonna to have to transfer all your money, and then you you're gonna be given a, a certain amount of time to spend the money because they said that the digital currency is going to have an expiry date and then it's going to be um, a way for them to be able to switch your money on and off like so if you've been naughty if you've been a bad a bad person you know, they'll just turn up turn your money on and off so they got it's, it's going to be they're going to tie in with the social credit score um so if you don't conform with what the government doing or whatever they'll just turn your money off so i think it's just a form of control mm, no i um i disagree okay sin let me hear what um, your perspective I'm sorry I'm, I'm sick as hell and i'm in bed but please um, harp and feel better <laughs> thank you so the way i understand it um is that so a bank has to opt in i don't know if they have an option to opt in or it's going to be mandatory so it's um, really for banks, you know, when you pay at, um, so it's, it's going to be B2B business to business at first. And then eventually it'll be for all of our transactions. Okay. So let's say, um, this particular business I'm in San Francisco and I sell wine and I, and I want to order from you and you're in South Florida and you have bottles, right? So I send you money via however payment Zelle, right? Mm-hmm. So Zelle communicates to my bank that I'm sending $500 for this payment and you get it in a couple minutes. Technically, the money doesn't transfer over. It That takes time. But this with FedNow, it will be instantaneous so that transactions will go through more instantaneously, like the actual funds will exchange. So right now, even though transactions are they kind of show up as instantaneous the money actually doesn't show up in in the account right away it takes like a few days and stuff like that so this is more instant um money transferring as far as what teflon is talking about social currency and and things like that those are um implemented in china whereas you know um 
you get points based on like a credit score based on your actions. But that's something that's in China. I doubt that will come here. So money expiring and stuff like that, that's, um, they do have stuff like that for like um, public assistance. Um, I believe, I'm not sure if it's in China or elsewhere, but that you they do give you a certain amount of money that you have to spend in a certain time. That's usually what it's for. Not like you get paid and you have to spend all your, your paycheck in the next month and where it goes away. No, that doesn't make sense. Obviously, you want to save some, you want to pay some bills, you want to do, you know, move around, things like that. So, I mean, that's how I understand it. But if anyone has a better explanation, I'm willing to listen. Right. Yeah, so I'll add I'll add a little bit because uh, it is it is complex, and I sent you a, some information moments in your back channel. Maybe we can talk about it. You know, you yeah, know, once we we can do it tomorrow. To can we look at it tomorrow? Yeah. We can look at it tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, uh, but I just want to say this. So, so FedNow is basically designed to capture all funds that come in and out of accounts. So it's really meant to replace Zelle, Cash App all of those different industries, right? That's that's the primary objective is to have a, a one centralized flow of resources of, of all monies coming in and out that, that that people are utilizing, right? And and again, it's about how do we centralize those monies? And if you look at um, the congressional hearing that took place about the, uh, what's the bank that failed in California, uh, Silicon Valley bank. Mm -hmm. They, that, that's a big, that's a big deal because they're, they're basically saying, then it's true what we've been hearing about these banks that are going to close and you're going to have like these top five top tier banks that'll be the only banks that are in operation. So it, the people who, who have like independent banking, I think they were saying like Navy credit union would be a top one. It'll probably be the only credit union actually. But um, then you had banks like uh, Chase and some other banks that would probably be in the top five tier because they're really trying to centralize, like centralized banking basically. So it's something to really look into. And yeah, I would, let's do that. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. So tomorrow, thank you so much, Chief, for sending that video over tomorrow um, for our business and um, tech segment. We are going to be listening to the YouTube video um, that we hope we'll be able to get a better understanding for those of us who are in the dark um, as it relates to Fed now and how it's going to affect us. Because what about, for example, um, I purchase. Oh, Teflon, for example. So when Teflon has his space, right, on Clubhouse, and we want to tip Teflon, and we would normally tip him through Cash App because he's in the UK. He's not in the US. How is it going to impact Teflon? I want to know. You see what I'm saying? Let's say, for example... Can you ask that again? Okay, so let's... Okay, let me ask the question again. So Teflon is in the UK. He opens up his room on Clubhouse and he's playing his music. He puts his Cash App link at the top. And those of us in the space want to tip him for a money pull up or, you know, we're just having a good vibe and we want to send him some money. All right. How is that going to affect his ability and to receive and my ability to send to him? Because before so it would be through Cash App. Yes. So it'll go through, it'll go through one bank. You won't have you won't have a cash out. I mean, the moment this thing hit the news, 
the first thing you hear about is the owner of Cash Shop getting killed. Yeah, which was a little suspicious. Yeah, and he's not the only one, but he's not the only one who had a company like that. And so it's like, you got this, like, we got to, we can't be in the dark, surely, about this. You know, so we just got to pay attention to what's going on and put some pieces together because yeah. it, it just don't add up. I just want to know how Teflon would get his money. Or let's say, um, let us say, Geely is selling soaps and I want to purchase soaps from her. How is she going to get paid? Is it going to have to go through Fed now? I can't just send to her via Zelle or PayPal or Cash App or what What are the other options? Venmo, whatever. I don't know. I, no, I, so, is- so, 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 yeah, because Fed now is, a, is, is going to become a Federal Reserve digital currency app. Right. That is that's literally what it is. So you don't have to use you won't use those other payment options. And most of the banks that will be affiliated with Fed now will also use that. So let's say you have access to Zelle now through your bank account. You won't once your bank signs up for Fed now. Okay, that will be the process. All right. So tomorrow, folks. Tomorrow, for those of us who want to get a little more insight into this, we are going to be talking more about Fed now tomorrow. Uh, thank you once again, um, Chief, for sending over that video. So we're going to be listening to the video tomorrow and we're going to carve out a segment just for us to have a little more conversation because time is limited now because, you know, we end at the top of the hour. And, and we do have a few more stories to get through. All right. So tomorrow, folks, set your alarms. Be back here and we will go through and talk about it some more. All right. And if you know anybody who has a little more information, a little more insight, uh, please invite them to come to the space so we can have more information to share. All right. I put, I put a little link in the chat. We could start there. Okay, perfect, perfect. So grab that link. Uh, Donald, do me a favor. Can you send it to me in the back channel so I have it there so I can check my messages and remember to capture it from there. All right. Okay, perfect. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Appreciate your input. Uh, one more story out of Business and Tech. Um, the owner of Insider and Politico tells journalists that AI is coming for your jobs. And I do have a sound bite for that. If it will play. It's loading, folks. <laughs> okay, here we go. And play. Today. Okay, after. Here we go. Yeah. On artificial intelligence, two out of every three jobs could be affected by AI on AI AI, excuse me, on some level. That's according to a Goldman Sachs study. Economists say that if AI advancements continue, hundreds of workloads and occupations could be replaced. Experts add most industries are likely to have complementary rather than complete replacement AI. Okay, so it's coming. You know, we know we, we it's nothing new. All right, in health and as a matter of fact, no, sorry, I got to take a quick break. And when we get back, we have health and science. All right, keep it locked. Don't you dare go anywhere. So, yes, Newville, go right ahead real quick. Yeah, good good, uh, good afternoon, good morning, everyone. Yo, I, I really wanted to weigh in the whole AI situation. Um, 
I'm not sure if we're gonna have a little quick chat about it still, or if you want to move on to like the break and then come back. Or yeah. So me. what I'm gonna suggest you do come tomorrow because we're gonna have. I'm carving out a section tomorrow because I know it's gonna get very in depth, and I do have quite a bit more stories to get through before the top of the hour. So we're we're gonna be talking about the Fed now, and we can attach AI and all of that to it as well. All right. Okay. Okay, so got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have more stories for you. To everyone logged on to www.qmzradio.com, the place to go for quality music while you work or play to help you get through your day.
for a non-stop party vibe download the jano radio app j-a-h-k-n-o it is available in your apple and google play stores jano radio take us on the go thank you to everyone logged on and listening on JanoRadio.com. keep it locked got more stories coming up after the music break we do have health and science lifestyles and some sports Thank you to my Globhouse family. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for being here every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go, where I read the news and we share our views. Keep it locked. Gotta squeeze in one more. By the way, did y'all catch the interview yesterday on the Rose Solo Show with Sammy T from the Mighty Crown out of Japan? It was amazing, I must say. Gotta do that again, Rose Solo. Very humble fella, I must say. And I know I hear the crackling again. Please ignore it, folks. I have to break down the whole system and put it back together again. Nice, I couldn't sleep. You let the sun beat you home. I asked myself over again. What am I doing wrong to make you stay out all night? And I think to call, what does she have over me to make it not think to call? Set your alarms for days after dark, Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Live on QMZRadio.com, JohnnoRadio.com, and the conversation happens right here on Clubhouse. Next Monday, we have part two to a conversation we started this Monday. To black, or let me not say black, do men love different from women? Are men more idealistic and women more opportunistic in relationships? Yes. Gonna close up that conversation. Who remembers this one? The voice of Escape. 
So I'm here cracking up. It's time for us to get back to business. Thank you for that one. Escape my little secret. So I came across this video on TikTok while we're waiting to get back to business. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Somebody forgive this man. But let us know if this is true. Let me run this down real quick. You can tell a lot of, about a girl. Okay, this crackling is getting on my nerves. And no, it's not my Apple device. I Hold on one second, folks. Hold on. Okay, there we go. It's I got to change out all these aux cords, right? So um, you can tell a lot about a girl from what she drives. Mm. So let's see if he's wrong. If you drive a Nissan, you're messy. If you drive a Honda, you're a freak. If you drive a BMW, you're bougie. If you drive a Benz, you are hood AF trying to be classy. If you drive a Toyota, you're laid back. If you drive a Charger and a Camaro, you're a stud. If you drive a Kia, you're crazy AF. If you drive a Chevy, you're sneaky AF. If you're, if you're in a Ford, you're a scammer. If you're <laughs> driving a Hyundai, you have an effed up attitude. If you drive <laughs> a Jeep, you act innocent, but you're really a pimp. If you have no car, you're for the streets. And if you drive a Pontiac, you're bipolar. <laughs> who, who the hell makes these things up? <laughs> That's so dumb. That's so dumb. That's so silly. Sonette, what do you drive? Who, me? Sonette, where's the... Oh, Sonette, yeah. okay. Sonette. If I'm not mistaken, Celeste's vehicle wasn't mentioned. Her vehicle wasn't mentioned. Huh? Yeah, Celeste's vehicle wasn't mentioned. So you know what that means? She's bougie. No, bougie's BMW. No, it's so, it's a, that's a whole separate category. Yeah. Wow. Hey, what about Audi? Did, did they mention an Audi? No, Teflon, they did not. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm late. Hold on. Okay, so they're saying they can... she's broke if she drives an Audi. <laughs> no, they're saying if you can tell a lot of, about a girl um, from what she's driving. So they're saying if you drive a Nissan, Messi, Honda, you're a freak. BMW, bougie, a Benz, you're hood, trying to be classy. Toyota, you're laid back. Charges and Camaros, you're a stud. Kia, you're crazy. Chevy, sneaky. Ford, a scammer. Hyundai, you're you got a messed up attitude. A Jeep, you act innocent, but you're really a pimp. A Pontiac means you're bipolar, and if you ain't got no car, you for the streets. So that's it. New Yorkers, you're for the streets, New Yorkers. I am not in there at all. No, you're not. Hold on a second, Donald. So that was saying something. I'm sorry, so that I couldn't hear you. I have no no headphones, but the Subaru, the connotation that comes with Subaru is that I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Subarus are for die couples, um, bad words, forgive me all, but that's what they call them, um, with lots of dogs, and they wear, um, what are those sandals? That's what, that is the connotation for a Subaru driver. Okay. I think it started in Berkeley, but I'm, wow. I'm not those things. That's accurate. <laughs> Whatever, Chief. What do you drive, Chief? The horse and carriage? <laughs> a jeep. <laughs> but it's talking about women, not men. <laughs> they need a list for men. We need to put together a list of men. But whoever did this, man, you go see, have some. All this things. conversation come about because you're, you're going on illegal apps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tikka -tokka. 
Okay, so <laughs> let me get into it because time is chipping away on me. I'm not going to get fall for y'all mess. Next story. Supreme Court looks at whether Medicare and Medicaid were overbilled under fraud law. This story courtesy of NPR. NPR comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Tomorrow, the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments in a case that could undermine one of the government's most powerful tools for fighting fraud in government contracts and programs. Here's NPR legal affairs correspondent Nina Totenberg. The False Claims Act dates back to the Civil War when it was enacted to combat rampant fraud by private contractors who were overbilling or simply not delivering goods to the troops. But the law over time was weakened by congressional amendments. Then, in 1986, Congress toughened the law and later toughened it again. The primary Senate sponsor was then and still is Iowa Republican Charles Grassley. We wanted to anticipate and block every avenue that uh, creative lawyers might use to allow a contractor to escape liability for overcharging. Now, he's alarmed by a case before the Supreme Court this week. At issue is whether hundreds of major retail pharmacies across the country knowingly overcharged Medicaid and Medicare by overstating what their usual and customary prices are. If they did, under the law, they would be liable for triple damages. The case essentially began in 2006 when Walmart upended the retail pharmacy world by offering large numbers of frequently used drugs at very cheap prices, $4 for a 30-day supply with automatic refills for cash customers. That left the rest of the retail pharmacy industry trying to figure out how to compete. They came up with various offers that matched Walmart's prices for cash customers, but they billed Medicaid and Medicare using far higher prices, not what the government now says were in fact their usual and customary prices. Walmart did report its discounted cash prices as usual and customary, but other chains did not. Even as discounted prices became the majority of their cash sales, other retail pharmacies continued to bill the government at the previous and far higher prices. For example, between 2008 and 2012, Safeway charged just $10 for almost all its cash sales for a 90-day supply of a top-selling drug to reduce cholesterol. But it did not report $10 as its usual and customary price. Instead, Safeway told Medicare and Medicaid that its usual and customary prices ranged from $81 to $109 for the drug. Acting under the False Claims Act, two whistleblowers brought suit on behalf of the government, alleging that SuperValue and Safeway built the taxpayers of $200 million. But the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the chains had not acted knowingly, even if they, quote, might suspect, believe, or intend to file a false claim. And the appeals court further said that evidence about what the company and its executives knew is irrelevant as a matter of law. The whistleblowers appealed to the Supreme Court, joined by the federal government, 33 states, and Senator Grassley. It's just contrary to what we intended. That test uh, makes a hash of the law of fraud. The statute is very specific. It says that a person or business knowingly defrauds the government when it presents a false or fraudulent claim for payment, and it defines knowingly as, quote, actual knowledge or deliberate ignorance or reckless disregard of the truth or falsity of the claim. These are 
three distinct mental states, and it can be any one of them. Super Value and Safeway would not allow their lawyers to be interviewed for this broadcast, but in their briefs they argued that a strict intent requirement is required to hold businesses accountable under the statute. They're backed by a variety of business interests, among them defense contractors represented by lawyer Beth Brinkman in this case. This is a punitive law, she maintains, because it imposes harsh monetary penalties for wrongful conduct without clear enough agency guidance. Ultimately, she argues, the question is not one of facts. And if there's more than one reasonable interpretation of the law and your claim is consistent with one of those, you don't know that it's false. Tejinder Singh, representing the whistleblowers, scoffs at that interpretation, calling it an after-the-fact justification for breaking the law. It has nothing to do with what you believed at the time you acted. It has everything to do with what you can make up afterward. A decision in the case is expected by summer. Nina Totenberg, NPR News, Washington. Wow. Hmm. Some people are allowed to get away with murder. No wonder why they're running out of money up there. Hmm. In Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security and all this stuff. No wonder why they're running out of money. But they're going after people with PPP fraud, right? Those $10,000 PPT. PPP stuff they they bring along the government with us ten and twenty thousand dollars, you know. <laughs> I say do the math, cut the check, and give it back. And stop the foolishness. This is nothing new. It's been going on forever. But most of them cannot cut a check um moments. They don't have the money. A lot of this money was distributed to probably some of the same politicians who own shares in those same corporations. <laughs> so hence the ruling would go in that favor. Because if anybody else on the Supreme Court has alleged ties like that one that didn't declare his taxes um, <laughs> on, on the property. Clarence. You're talking about Clarence? Say his name. Yes, yes, yes. Sir. The Honorable Clarence Thomas. <laughs> then we, we, know, we, we, we know where the ruling is going. <laughs> uh, but yet they will come after it folks is, like us, Donna. I said alleged, okay? <laughs> Whatever. But yet they'll come after folks like us. We're the ones that they will penalize. And want to take everything from under us. But it's just like the PPP loan. It, didn't the first round of PPP loan disappear? And the companies that was not supposed to be entitled to it filed and got that money? I didn't hear any of them paid back. They came and they gave a second round so that the people it was intended to can get some. And then they decided to go after the people that had fraudulent stuff for the few thousand dollars. But we see nothing about the first set of money that disappeared to the big companies that was not supposed to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is America. All right. Next up in our lifestyle segment, Islanders, Islanders, however you want to pronounce it. Refresh. Waiting for this story to load up. Courtesy of goodnewsnetwork.org. And, okay, doesn't want to load for me. So do I have to skip my lifestyle segment? It's going to talk about islanders who remain dedicated to conservation above all living. On, okay, here we go. Living on the world's best beach. Um, 
in the 21st century world of mass tourism, it would be normal to imagine that money talks over all other voices. But the Thai people living on Koh Kradan, and I hope I said that correct, don't kill me folks, that on that island close to their paradise four months every year and only welcome tourists well they close their paradise every uh, for four months every year and only welcome tourists who maintain the highest environmental respect at the beginning of april the tiny island park in thailand was ranked number one on world beach guides top 100 beaches on earth for 2023 Despite the critical acclaim, residents and resort managers say they will maintain the current schedule of closing all tourism opportunities from June 1 to September 30. All right, so anybody want to check that out? Call K-O-H, Credan or Credan, K-R-A-D-A-N. It is an island the size of 2.5 square kilometers. It is a part of the Trang Islands chain. Um, esconced within Hat Chow Mai uh, National Marine Park. Okay, and that's off the coast of Thailand. So check that out. Next up in sports news, Jalen Hurts signs a record five-year, $255 million contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my gosh. How much is that a year? 25. Oh, my God. That's $5 million a year. Okay. Um. No, that's how much somebody did the math. You mind. said 255 or 25? No, 255. So that's how much a year? 50, 50 million a year, roughly? Am I right? 51,250,000. Blows Oscar, James, and depart the maths quick. <laughs> thank you, James. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Mm. All right, let me get into this. Let me see. How old is he? It's not fifty-one million, James. It's five years at two twenty-five, right? No, two fifty-five million. Oh, two fifty. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. He's right. How old is he? How old James is he? James on the mats. <laughs> He's twenty-four. Hold on. Wow. Um. Anybody has a daughter? See. <laughs> Let's hope you don't marry to not thirty-something-year-old right now. No, not thirty-six-year-old because <laughs> yeah, they put it in his mother's name. Okay, so let me get into it. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million contract on Monday, making him the player with the most annual earnings in NFL history at the age of 24. That's according to the league. About $179.3 million of that is guaranteed, folks, to Hertz, with $110 million guaranteed at signing. His contract also has the first no-trade clause in the team's history. That's according to the NFL. Oh, my gosh. Wow. The thing with Jalen that I'm so optimistic about is that he's just got, you know, he's just got this incredible thing about him. Oh, my God. Hertz was drafted to the Eagles in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft. In three seasons as an Eagle, Hertz appeared in the playoffs twice, was named to the Pro Bowl, chosen as an All-Pro, and was a finalist for the league's MVP award. In February, he led the team to the Super Bowl, though they were defeated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I can't manage all them figures. He's only getting half of that, though. Lord, make you always no, have that's, not, like what they, that's not what they said, James. Warm to you. Warm to you, James. What do you drink this morning? 
What did you drink? No, but who but put when, salt in your cereal? No, but when when Mr. Tax come in and, and the agent, Lord and, and have the mercy, James, so James, half, half James. of that is still good money. Half <sighs> of that is still good money, James. Even if that's the case, we have to take it. Look at what he has accomplished. Half of that is still good money. Exactly. Yeah, we know about Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam get a chunk out of everything. We know about that. But if he's smart there and he got a good team around him, he know how to keep most of that. Okay. No, I'm just pointing it out for the for the potential James. wife. James. Potential James. Wife. James. Jesus James. have mercy. Change the milk in your in your cereal. Somebody put salt in your milk. Oh, Change the milk. Gosh. I don't drink oh, cereal. Mm. I had some white rum in my coffee this morning. Well, is there kind of was something wrong with your white room? I something wrong with your coffee. My right, my, my my white room don't. Make I think me feel James like is low key hating. I think that's what it is. Sorry, I'm just having, I'm just having a moment. No, you, you, yeah, yeah. You're going through. You know. You're going. You're going through something. You're really going through something. Damn, I'm happy for you, young man. Put it in your mama name, though. Be smart about it. So for Put it in your mama's name. <laughs> oh yes, that part. So former NFL player Chris Smith passes away at 31. The ultimate give back guy. Story courtesy of Ball Alert. Former NFL defensive and Chris Smith has died at the age of 31, according to, and that was confirmed by his high school football team. Rest in peace to a West Rowan legend. Chris was a better person than he was a player. The impact he had on those around him will make him be remembered forever. So sad. Huh, wonder what happened. We don't, we it don't doesn't say the cause of his no, death. No, it does not. We don't have the cause of death here. I had that's what I had this one. They said, um, it's to do with the vaccine. Oh, no, so I, I don't know how I don't know how true it is, but um, yeah, I'm not going to speculate. <sighs> oh boy, um, hopefully, he played um, for several NFL teams during his eight year career in the league after being drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hope we can get some information. Yeah, we don't want to speculate. We don't. We really don't want to speculate because um, we've heard of so um, enough. We've heard enough of um, young players going out. You know. All right, catch this one real quick. Toronto Blue Jays pitcher claims fight, flight attendant made his pregnant wife clean up after their child, fueling a heated Twitter debate. So Toronto player. Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass has sparked heated debate on social media after claiming that a United Airlines employee made his pregnant wife clean up food mess left by his children on a flight. The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a 5-year-old and a 2-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? That's what he wrote. Well, not everyone agreed with the MLB star's outrage and took to social media to tell the pitcher that his family were responsible for their own mess. One user commented, be a decent human being, and if you're going to give your kid popcorn on a plane, be prepared to pick it up. While another wrote, pregnant woman can ban. They may not want to, but the solution to that would be not give your child popcorn on a plane. Another user who identified themselves as a former flight attendant wrote, a flight attendant is there for safety, not to pick up after your children. However, Many users pointed out that traveling with young children can be difficult and his wife could have been preoccupied. Wow. Mm. 
Lies, lies. I've never gone on a flight. First, I don't give my children popcorn, but if my child makes a mess, if something falls on the floor, I'm going to pick it up. I'm not expecting the flight attendant to pick it up. And I've traveled with two young kids while pregnant. So no, you you have the ability to clean up after your child. It's your child. Be decent. I wish everyone was like Rose Solo. Really, really wish. The people are so messy on the planes. Like when their kids, they literally throw food on the floor and they, they won't pick it up. So mm-hmm. yeah. I respect that. They think they're the the, the, the flight attendants are sky maids. Well, like Julie, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Javet. Like Julie says in the chat, why didn't he pick it up? <laughs> it could be that he wasn't there. It could be that he wasn't there. But if there is a nice way to do things, if you're pregnant and you're not able to bend down because you know, I'm sure she was in first class. But let us say you're pregnant and you can't manage to bend down because you're trying to control your children. The decent thing to do is to reach out to a flight attendant, apologize to them for the mess that your child has made and the inconvenience, and if they would be so kind as to help you. But don't assume that it's their job. And yes, control your children, folks control the children some of you let your children act like little wild animals in public spaces the bad behavior is for at home when they go out they need to know how to conduct themselves why not also teach your children to clean up after yourselves i've seen babies yeah. clean up after themselves what's that song clean up what, what's the clean up song that they would have to do at clean daycare? up clean up everybody everywhere yes clean up yeah clean yeah exactly people okay get me uh, get me anointed oh my gosh it's that time of the day already folks i'm so sad we got london on the track i should have known better gotta give a big thank you to everyone that logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day to everyone listening on johnoradio.com thank you so much Take Jano Radio on the go with you. Download the Jano Radio app. J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And of course, a big thank you to everyone with me right here on Clubhouse. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Remember to tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Really
You can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. The mean everything is MI. To my folks on QMZ Radio and John No Radio, this is Moments with Me signing out. This is a Moments with Me Media production. Catch you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. And it is hashtag TBT tomorrow, Throwback Thursday. It's going to be music in retrospect, taking you back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Hey.